0: And that was really bad. I feel like I can do it better than that, but...
1: That's like the only reference we're going to make to the five minutes of Matthew McGonaghy impressions that we did to warm up and test the mics. (laughs) You looked at me and you're like, were you recording? And unfortunately, I wasn't recording most of the good stuff.
0: Why aren't we recording ourselves 24-7? That's what I want to know
1: the 24/7 podcast. Yeah. A because no one would listen to it because what? mostly it would be silence. I
0: don't mean stream us 24/7. I mean record us the whole time and then choose the good bits.
1: Who's going to edit 24 hours of you. audio every single day?
0: <laughs> you. No. When we say something when we know that like what has just happened it was good or funny or interesting, we just kind of say to ourselves it's, you know, Tuesday note it down and then go back and 4. snip it out 20
1: basic oh gosh you're so lucky this is not a video <laughs> podcast so very very lucky that you were spared the visual <laughs> treat of that listeners she's giggling she's a little giggle puss today are you admiring my new glasses i am
0: very see pretty.
1: that's a that's a joke listeners because i got a yeah. pair of new glasses, and they're, they're exactly the same, same as They're not exactly
0: ones. the same. They're
1: not 100% they're like the same. They're
0: like 1% different. they small
1: still. aesthetic differences. They look. Do you want good. to talk about the eye tests and going to get new glasses?
0: That sucked, man.
1: Do honestly. tell. Tell your
0: I had, like, story. really horrible women, to be honest. And I'm not woman-hating. Hashtag
1: nasty woman. <laughs> hashtag nevertheless, she persisted.
0: First of all, she was like tell me, tell me, confirm your address. And I was like, okay. So I gave her my address. She was like, that's not the one we've got. And I was like...
1: She said it in I like a confrontational way. Yeah,
0: and I was like, um, that's because I moved? Like, she said it in such a... Combative. Yeah. And then... Like she caught funny, you out in a lie. Yeah, it wasn't like too big a deal. But the fact that it was then followed up by another nasty person was like just a fucking... Straw that broke my and I
1: felt bad because I had such a easy, positive yeah. experience.
0: Well, there's a pressure test they do. The first thing they do before they give you your eye test is a pressure test they do, where you have to raise your chin on this thing, and then they blow puffs of air in your the eye. The
1: machine that everyone who's ever had an eye test loaves yeah. and fears.
0: And- she I didn't She didn't say, like, I'm going to just blow some puffs of air in your eye. I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought, because she was just like, look at the light, look at the light. And then all of a sudden, it blew a puff of air in my eye. And I am <laughs> such a baby. Because when it blew the air, I was like, <gasps> and I ju- actually kind of jumped back a little yeah. bit. It felt like I was jolting quite far back, even though it probably wasn't. It just seemed like it to me. So I would have to then reposition myself back onto the chin rest thing. And for my one eye, my right eye, she kept just, big oh, on. She kept just like saying, open your eye wider, press your head against the bar. Because it was like, you put your chin on a thing and as you put your chin on it, your head touches a bar above you and you're supposed to be pressed against it. And she just kept going, press your head against the bar, open your eye wider. And I was like...
1: Barking commands at you, Yeah, and
0: I wasn't saying anything back. I was just trying to do what she was saying. And after she blew, like, eight puffs of air in my eye, which was very unpleasant, I'm already anxious as well, because I really, like, I'm just anxious in situations. So I, I was like, what is this for? Because I didn't know what it was for at the time. And she didn't answer me. She was just like, open your eye wider. Which I thought was extremely rude. She just completely ignored the question. Because I was about to say, whatever this is for, I don't want it. Because this is very unpleasant. And I know you've got to do my other eye. So she blew even more, she blew about 10 to 12 puffs of air in my right eye. Then I moved to my other eye and she only blew like half that amount. So I'm guessing the first time either she couldn't get it or... Because of my jolting, it wasn't working. But she was so rude. And on the second aisle, I was even like, this is very unpleasant. That's it. Only other thing I said. And she didn't like acknowledge me or say, this is going to be over soon. She was just kind of barking orders at me. And this might not sound bad to a lot of people, but I was so annoyed that she was being so rude. Yeah, that sucked.
1: Yeah, I felt bad because they didn't even do that puff machine on me. I had to do one where you stare into this lens and you can see like a little picture of a hot air balloon and there's a bright flash and it takes a picture of your eyes. But I did kind of get my karmic comeuppance for when you told me your story and I was like, oh, I was glad that didn't happen to me. Because then when I actually went in to see the actual eye doctor, she tried to bring up the photos that had been taken using that, previous machine and she was like oh that machine's on the fridge they must not have come through the system I'll have to do it manually and she put me on this machine where you stare straight ahead and she moves like this really bright light bar across your eyes and at first it was fine she was like look up and I did it look left look right and I did it and it was all fine the bright light was kind of disorientating but it was it was palatable but then she was like look down and so I looked down and I felt a metal prong pulling up my eyelids which was I had to dig my fingernails into my hands like balling them into fists
0: that sounds horrible just anyway for someone who actually has like a thing with eyes you don't like I
1: yeah I have a very strong sensitivity to like, it kind of squirms me out if there's anything near my eye or someone else's yeah. eye. Like, watching someone put contact lenses in, for me, is, like, torturous. It really, like, <laughs> makes me Aww. uncomfortable and anxious about... Because I don't want someone to do that to me. And that's all I think whenever yeah. anyone puts their fingers near their eyes. I and don't yet,
0: think I would be able to put contact lenses in I my do, 100% eyes.
1: would not be able yeah. to. Maybe not even a single time.
0: I don't know if I could put water, like, drops in my eyes either. I don't know obviously I I'd have to if there's something wrong, but just the thought of it.
1: Do you remember when we were talking about eye baths and you were, like, completely bewildered by how I took an eye bath when I was mm. younger? Yeah, I yeah. I told you about it because I, it was some kind of product where it was, like, a bottle of the solution, the eye bath solution, and then it had, like, kind of a vaguely eye-shaped cap and you basically filled the cap up with the solution held the cap over your eye and then like tilted your head back held it there so the solution came into contact with your eyes and then that was it and i told you this and you were like so like amazed and confused
0: yeah i've never heard of that
1: no i have put eye drops in before though though i fully do not enjoy that experience
0: yeah and so, so yeah. yeah,
1: I got the same glasses again, just the same frames but a different prescription. And you got some cute round
0: Yeah, I I want probably would have got the same glasses cuz I do really like my glasses, but for some reason they don't do it very well. What's oh, your name? And um when we looked, did you realize that they renamed all their glasses after Game of Thrones characters? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: that was very
0: Cuz when you get their frames, if they're not like designer frames, they all have a name. Yeah. Like my old frames are called George and um yours were like Danny or whatever. But and when I went to look, they had like renamed them like Jon Snow. Not The to Appeal to the kids. Star, don't you know? Things like that. Yeah. Imagine buying the glasses, not because you like the frame, but just because inside the frame. In tiny print it a says ti- start. Yeah.
1: Because there's nothing else that makes them Game of Thrones yeah, themed. It's no. just the name of the frame. It's
0: very strange. But yeah, so I got some cool kind of like slightly quirky.
1: They're very round and like.
0: They're round at the bottom, but they're kind of. Attention grabbing. Catty-ish in the cat yeah. in the corners, which is cute. Um, A little bit retro, a little bit quirky i guess
1: i've been struggling to adjust to these new glasses though the last couple of days it's kind of been given me i went to the eye doctor to get new glasses because i was having eye strain and then they give me this new prescription and for the first couple of days it gave me even worse eye strain i guess is my eyes acclimatized to the stronger prescription
0: i realize as well every time i take my glasses off because you just leave yours on Because it's convenient. Yeah. But every time I take mine off, my eyes have to adjust to the real world again. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I get that as well.
0: It's very strange.
1: Yeah, my glasses were originally prescribed to me. This was like five years ago, as distance reading glasses. Like the guy, I remember he said, "When you're in class, and if if you're sitting at the back of a class, and there's something on a, you know, a whiteboard far away." You should wear these then and that's, you know, the only time you need to wear them. But then I just got into the habit of wearing them all the yeah. time because I think that it makes you see better. So why true, wouldn't you want to? It's
0: true what your mom said, though. If you wear them more than you need to, your eyes are going to adjust to the lenses rather than... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And so you will. your eyes will then depend upon I them. I do think so. about
1: that sometimes. I also am kind of... Like when I did my eye test... She said, I have astigmatism, which I already knew, and she said it had gotten slightly worse. But besides that, she was like, your eyes are good, your eyesight is good. And I'm always kind of amazed by that, because I've spent basically since I was like 11, staring at screens, playing video games, going on computers, going on my phone. Like, I'm amazed that my vision is not, like, actually deteriorating faster.
0: The astigmatism, though, makes because your eye isn't perfectly round or whatever it all like perfectly eye shaped um the inside parts of your eye that make you see things in focus means they're not in focus anymore because the shape of your eye is not technically right and so with me my astigmatism had gotten better because as you grow the shape of your eye changes yeah and so i guess my Eyes are now more round instead of more. Ru- when I first got told I had astigmatism, she was like, Your eyes, your eyes are rugby bullshit. That's what they said to me. I was like, I guess oh, that's, that's the way nice. they used to yeah.
1: explain it to us common folk.
0: Yeah. She was like, a stigma- Everyone thinks astigmatism is a big deal, but it's not. It's just the shape of your eye. I'm like, Yeah, but that yes, sounds it's like sh- a big deal. Yes, if my eyes yeah, are misshapen. Yeah. also, it's not just, Oh, your eye is not the right shape. It's, I can't see properly because my eye is not the right shape. And because my eyes constantly trying to focus, I get headaches and my eyes hurt. This is what happens to you, so it kind of is a big deal. I think I feel like we have talked about this for too long. It's really. Not I have one last thing
1: <laughs> that I want to say because it just brought it to mind when I was thinking about my vision. Because I know it's going like no one's eyesight stays good yeah. forever. You know that it's. ticking time bomb eventually your eyesight is going to deteriorate and it's going to become blurry and you're going to need you know strong glasses or whatever and now with the advent of things like lasik laser eye surgery i think often would i be able to do that and i've made the mistake beforehand of learning what they actually do about how they keep you conscious and they they pull your eyes open with clamps and then they use a laser to cut a flap on the surface of your eyeball and then that flap is just always there
0: that's horrendous
1: and if you rub your eyes too vigorously after the surgery when it's still healing you can dislodge the Mm -hmm. flap and when I read this it sounded like if someone was going to torture me for information (laughs) that's probably the best way that they could do it and I would give up the information pronto and yet this is like a thing that people voluntarily do yeah i can't
0: believe people go and do that honestly i rub my eyes in my sleep um so i would worry about doing that yeah but also i don't want to be awake Uh, do they have to keep you awake because do your eyes roll back in your head when you go to sleep i'm not sure and obviously they're not going to be able to stabilize your eye if you're asleep maybe that's why but yeah there's no I mean, I think I also because if glasses. something goes
1: wrong, you can actually report to them that you're feeling. I mean, I know they give yeah. you an anesthetic, but if it you know blinds you in some way then you can instantly say yeah. like you need to stop like it's taking away my vision but
0: when they numb you and stuff or give you like anesthesia you. you can still feel things <laughs>
2: yeah of course you can't feel
0: the pain but you can still feel like the pressure yeah. and stuff i don't want to feel the pressure of someone slicing my eyeball like when i had my teeth pulled do you remember i was so scared yeah. and um my teeth pulled just one tooth yeah. <laughs> and um she was like had to lift one foot off the ground. She was like, she was really, trying to get some leverage. Like, I could feel her yanking on it, and I'm just like, what the fuck? This is, and it there was like almost, it tra- does translate as pain. Not the type of pain you'd feel if you didn't have yeah, any anesthesia. But it, it's dull, but it's, you still feel
1: something is going feeling.
0: on. It's traumatizing. Yeah. Someone's yanking your tooth out. It's like no fucking thank I would not
1: be able to. They would have to put me under and do it surgically for something like that.
0: I'm very pleased with how soft my skin is right now.
1: Sure. As you. <laughs> I feel like your, I've
0: had a milk bath. Your flesh. Do you remember the few times a I did bath? have a milk bath? Do you remember?
2: no not
0: completely milk because that would be a lot of milk but like (laughs) i'd fill the bath off bath bath up like halfway maybe and then pour in like mm, two pints of milk
1: that's not very much milk
0: it's not but it's not when you think about how big a bath is but it makes the water kind of silky so when you get into it it then obviously makes your skin I don't understand so how nice.
1: milk could help your skin. It's calcium. It's your bones, right? I don't understand what could possibly be in milk that would be good for the surface of your skin. It makes like dermatologically. Soft. Okay. Is Also, isn't that like a thing they say that Cleopatra did? She would have yeah. baths of goat milk or something like that?
0: Possibly, yeah.
1: That may be an urban myth.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it works. I just tried it once or twice and I liked how my skin... Look, whether it like, quote, unquote does what people are saying it does all i know is when i got out of the yeah. bath instead of my skin feeling like it needed to be moisturized because i've been sitting in the bath it felt silky so that's how it feels right now like i've had a milk bath but i didn't it feels very nice and very i could pleased. understand
1: that like if it stops the hot water from making your skin all cracked and dry like but i don't see how it could like actively restore yeah, no, moisture no, I to don't your think skin it does that. or condition any. it
0: I can't remember the reason why I did it. I must have read something. You
1: know what I was just thinking? When we were talking about the eye surgery and how it's painful and then the dentistry thing, it's kind of amazing that people have tattoos without anesthesia. Yeah. Because it's a needle repeatedly jabbing into your skin, like whatever it is, hundreds of times a minute. And people just grit their teeth and bear the pain it's such a strange thing i think
0: some people get like a pleasure pain type thing from it honestly same with piercings
1: and then apparently removing a tattoo is like
0: worse like
1: one of the worst pains you yeah. can experience
0: well, yeah because you're burning your flesh off basically
1: i don't think that's how you know
0: what i mean it's burning i think it's the, the la-
1: laser melts the ink beneath your skin
0: but at the it same doesn't like time take
1: the top it- layer of your skin off you look does so not. does it
0: not? Bewildered but I feel like it and does so burn skeptical. away stuff. It's got Yeah, to. of course. It hurts. Because the ink so... is in your skin. Yeah. It's not on the top level of your skin. It's in your skin now. That's weird. Do you think
1: people do some people do get tattoos under local anesthesia on their arms or
2: legs or whatever?
0: Yeah, well they have a thing now that's like a like a numbing cream or right. whatever and they like Rub the cream on your arm So I don't think it's pro- it probably not Doesn't take away all the pain but it probably doesn't you don't get the like Full sting of it
1: Oh my god talking of tattoos Do you want to tell The tale of the Amazing tattoo that you saw On a passerby Oh
0: god, Do I am we going to sound like judgmental No always? I think
1: you can just say it And then let the okay. listener come to Their own conclusion because it was so like
0: Yeah yeah yeah
1: Attention grabbing and kind of incredible.
0: There was a woman, sure, <laughs> and a guy who walked past us on the street the other day. And above her eyebrow, she didn't have, have any other tattoos on her face, just this one. And above her eyebrow, in like, it wasn't like scroll or or like,
1: it was like fancy cursive. lettering. No, it wasn't even no?
0: fancy. It was like juvenile curly letters, right? um i tried to find the font do you remember um you just
1: kept saying it was spiky and i was like i don't know any spiky lettering what does that mean that
0: sounds silly i know but that's how i only how i can describe it and it was just the word the name kev sure (laughs) as in kevin obviously this was her tribute to i was just like
1: a past lover i
0: don't want to judge you and i'm not judging you, really, but, like, at the same time, I'm like, why? It why? was just so
1: startling to see.
0: Why above your eyebrow?
1: Face tattoos, to begin with, are just seem like a inherently a bad idea. But to have someone's name on your face, yeah. you are giving a hostage to Fortune. Yeah. I mean, you're just tempting fate. What if it's, fate.
0: like, her father?
1: Oh, now you make making me sad. What if have- it's a father who passed away?
0: But wouldn't you have dad? Yeah, that... You wouldn't have his name, I don't think. Yeah, that's true. Like, if true. I just got, my like, my mum's name, that would like be a strange. heart, and then my mum's name, that's weird. You'd have just mum or dad, wouldn't you, probably? Yeah.
1: I think most likely it is It was her. the guy she was with, yeah.
0: probably.
1: He was the titular Kev. <laughs> he was the namesake of this very uh, dedicated tribute. Really
0: bad, like, Judgy McJudgeson.
1: We're not being Judgy, it's just... How no. can you not talk about it? We
0: are being judgy.
1: I'm judging her in the sense that I think it was idea. a bad decision, but I'm not saying like.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying she has got a tattoo yeah. on her face. She must be a dipstick, like you know. Yeah. Excuse me, how many people who've never heard the word sure. dipstick? Um, that's so British. You dipstick.
1: That's also isn't that like the thing you use in an engine to check the oil? Yeah. How did that become a synonym I don't for know. idiot? I don't know. What a strange race we British are with our
0: <laughs>
1: weird idioms and colloquialisms.
0: Colloquialisms.
1: Colloquialisms.
0: Colloquialisms.
1: Kim Kardashian localism.
0: <laughs> I think you've mentioned Kim Kardashian like 5 times and we've only done like 11 podcasts.
1: No. This is I'm going to secretly shunt us onto the path of becoming a Kim Kardashian fancast. You fan
0: secretly cast. watch the show
1: I think I've seen, cumulatively, maybe like two minutes of footage of Kim Kardashian doing anything in any context.
0: <laughs> Was that the sex tape?
1: No, I've never seen the sex tape. You it doesn't lie. interest me. You're lying. Oh, I promise you. I'll wage you right now that I haven't seen I've it. I've seen some I've seen it. screenshots just incidentally, but that <laughs> type of thing does not interest yeah. me. Especially because you hear so many people describing it that you feel like you've seen it without actually watching it. So it kind of feels pointless to hunt it down and watch it.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I've watched footage of it. I think I've seen GIFs of it.
1: Yeah, But also when it first came out and people were talking about it, I had no idea who... I mean, I still don't really understand who she is now, apart from that she's famous basically for being famous. But... Back then, I didn't even have any idea what she looked like or yeah. who but she that's was. That's because that was or... the
0: first thing that she did.
1: Yeah.
0: If you... If you... Not in well, her life. Not it really. wasn't like... Well, not really, yeah. She was in a stasis think... part yeah, yeah, and yeah, this yeah, was yeah. her first
1: act as a human being. But
0: that was when I think the world kind of...
1: Took notice. It's funny
0: as well because it's not like her sex tape was with someone really, really famous like Michael Jackson or like...
1: That would be an interesting sex tape.
0: It was with like, you know... Some guy who he's barely really famous. Right, Especially okay. now. He's definitely not famous now, really. But um that's very strange.
1: But it was a good promotional vehicle to kick start her no, career I guess. as professional famous person. <laughs> Which is pretty much what people no, but like she her. She has are. like
0: businesses and like
1: she has businesses. No,
0: you know what I mean? Like she's a businesswoman. She sure. like Makes so much money, not just by appearing places, but she, like, has, like, a brand. So, like...
1: That's such a gross term when people talk about their brand, and they just mean my name is worth something if you slap it onto a random product.
0: Well, that's what they are.
1: I've got to protect my brand. That's not good for my brand. I shouldn't tweet this, or it might be detrimental to my brand with this certain demographic... That must be a strange way to go through life, because then there's almost no separating your professional persona as like Kim Kardashian, the entertainer, and Kim Kardashian, the random woman just doing stuff in her house. Yeah,
0: that's you've
1: always kind of got to worry about
0: entertainer. What does she do? Like, what does she do? I mean, I don't really know
1: how else to describe someone like that. She has a TV show, which people Mm. watch for entertainment. So I think kind of just semantically she's an entertainer
2: yeah
1: like i said i'm trying to make this podcast all about kim kardashian <laughs> and you're really Secret resisting League. me which i don't appreciate
0: she's sponsoring us
1: how would that work i don't uh. what would we advertise for her she doesn't need any more help
0: Yeah, that's she's true. not
1: like my ratings are really <laughs> drooping right now i
0: think this show is probably also as well the least kind of like thing that like The least thing, No, sure. you know what I mean? It's like the least, now anyway, because it's been on so long. He's like the least kind of... Relevant?
2: Yeah. Big?
0: Yeah, because it, yeah. Whereas like her other things are more kind of, more prominent now. Sure. How do I know this much about Kim Kardashian? I don't know. I don't know either.
1: I'm glad
2: that... I
0: feel like if you spend a certain amount of time on the internet, you just know things, even if you're not really interested in them. Unless, of course, you only, like, frequent, like, the dark web. Sure. Or whatever. You don't go on, like, regular websites.
1: I worry that the the weird little factoids about Kim Kardashian are going to sink into my long-term memory, like, just through sheer osmosis of being exposed to them so often. And I'm going to be, like, 50, and I won't be able to remember what my, like, you know... 21st birthday was like but i'll remember that kim Kardashian sex tape was with ray j like that's an example i have no idea who ray j is literally no (laughs) idea i don't know what he looks like i don't know how old he is i don't know what he does for a living i just know that the sex tape was with someone called ray j and that's probably always going to be nestled within my tangle of neurons forever and ever and ever do you
0: know what i took from that from what you just said do tell the only thing I took from that is that you think at 50 you're not going to be able to remember your 21st birthday. That's like a young person's thing to say. Because when I'm like so old, i like 50.
1: Yeah.
0: 50 is not old. I just threw you? a
1: number out there.
0: You, you should have said like 70. 50 is
1: more than double my life right now. So it's a long way away. All
0: oh, right. Well, it's not that far away for me.
1: It is.
0: Okay. It's like 20 years away. But still, like- 20
1: years is not a blink of an eye. I guess, apart well, from in retrospect. Well, it is. Like, I'm sure 80-year-old people are like, Jesus Christ, decades no. go by like this.
0: Yeah, but I don't think the last 20 years went by in a blink of an eye. I think it was fucking long.
1: Sure. It was arduous. Yeah. And it was trying.
0: No, you make it sound like I was fucking...
1: You were the first woman to venture to the North Pole, right? <laughs> you went on a nine-month expedition. Just you and ten sled dogs. What are they called? Do they have a name.
0: Snow dogs.
1: Snow dogs. Huskies. Is any dog in the snow a snow dog? Yes. But not any dog can pull a a sled, right?
0: I'm sure if you like, tie if you had it ten to the poodles, you're not going to be well.
1: going anywhere. Do no. you think ten poodles can ten pull sausage me a head? dogs? Oh, that would be adorable. <laughs> uh-huh. They seem very clumsy, though. Yeah, I feel like they would trip over their own legs a lot.
0: But their legs are barely there. Yeah,
1: that's my point.
0: I don't They've understand. got like little
1: stubby legs.
0: Cute little legs.
1: Yeah, Sasha's dogs are adorable.
0: Yeah.
1: Or wiener dogs, if you prefer.
0: Wiener dogs. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: How amazed would you be if I looked over right now and it hadn't recorded any of this opening? Be. Not
0: amazed. I know. Infuriated. Right yeah, I'd be pretty mad, Do you when we filmed the last one?
1: When we filmed,
0: recorded the last one. <laughs>
1: Have you got a secret I spy camera? There was like all this?
0: a part of the end of it, and I was like, I had a very real moment of this has not been recorded the whole time, yeah. and I was like saying to you, like check that that's recorded. That and feeling
1: saved. of like a pit in your stomach,
0: and everyone else is listening, thinking you barely that's said anything, phrase. bitches. Like if you need to, <laughs> if this again.
1: if this disappears. It uh, won't be a great waste. It yeah. won't be something to shed tears over. Okay, so should we move on to the first?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hit me.
1: The first of many topics today.
0: Stick. Hit me.
1: You've sang this on the podcast before. Have I? Which is frightening.
0: I don't think I have. I think we just keep in.
1: falling into the same yeah. mental rhythms. We just
0: make the same podcast over and over again. And
1: we just never notice. No.
0: And no one else notices. No, that, that would be silly.
1: Other people wouldn't know (laughs) it is. I feel like you do say the same things again and again, though. Not you. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying in general. In terms
0: of, like, if you have a strong or, like, set opinion about something, and it's something that is a kind of, like, across certain areas that you're always kind of going to just inevitably come back to, then I can see you kind of saying the same thing because your opinion or your idea of something is that way and it's not really, you know, some thoughts and opinions are ever-changing and some aren't. yeah. So I can kind of see that.
1: And when you kind of mentally settle on a good way to articulate something, you tend to recur to that wording over and over again. Like your mind is not so attuned to the idea of originality, that it will come up with a new way to say things on command every single time that topic comes up in conversation?
0: Yeah. Okay, give it to me.
1: Okay. So, the first article was a news story on NGadget. Sure. Am I
0: just really annoyed at this point? <laughs> <laughs> That's... <laughs> we get hate mail
1: saying don't let her sing anymore on the podcast (laughs) and then we release a six-hour podcast of just you singing but like not full songs just like little just random lines lines from songs no one knows (laughs) okay so yeah this news story is entitled jeff bezos i think that's how you say it is planning a delivery service for the moon And Jeff Bezos, in case you don't know, is the founder of Amazon, all-around billionaire and tech mogul. And the news is basically that he says by the early 2020s, he wants there to be human settlements on the moon, and he wants Amazon to be delivering to them supplies and building materials for the the housing and stuff like that so he basically wants an amazon-like service that will deliver by
0: 2020 off
1: earth off planet
0: it's really not very far away Yeah.
1: and so i just wanted to talk about that because it's so insane
0: yeah
1: and also just the idea of extraterrestrial human settlements
0: okay well i feel like this is really like early to say something like that especially to say for 2020 when there hasn't really been any real kind of like
1: we haven't like tested gonna, the waters yeah
0: like we're going to be living on the moon one the guy goes product. and lives in
1: a hut inside a moon crater for a couple of months just to check if it's doable
0: I really don't think that's ever going to happen unless like some really rich guy comes along and says I'm doing it or yeah I'm... Jeff Bezos But he hasn't said I'm want to send people to the moon. He says he wants to deliver things to the moon. So if he was like, I'm gonna like bankroll someone moving to the moon,
1: moving to the moon. I
0: mean, Um,
1: (laughs) relocating,
0: and then set up a delivery service. But he's not. Someone has got to want to live on the moon. Yeah, and then they've got to be like probably like psychologically tested so that we, we, you know, they're not. Crazy, and then someone's got to bankroll it, and then they've got to actually go through with it. And surely, you can't just like move to the moon. You've got to go there to set it up first. Like,
1: yeah, there's a lot of steps that he's fast forwarding.
0: That that's gonna happen in the next three years. It's kind
1: of pie in the sky, putting the cart before the horse. Thinking,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know.
1: But it makes sense that it would be a private company or a private individual that bankrolls that type of thing because if you look at all the private companies that are sending up spacecraft, like SpaceX, they're doing space launches even though they're a private company. And yet it seems like actual governmental entities like NASA are only ever getting less and less funding, are only becoming less and less relevant in kind of the public imagination so it seems like if this type of thing is going to happen it almost kind of has to happen in the private sector
0: yeah i guess
1: but then the scary thing there is the profit incentive do you want to get on a spaceship that was built by the government where there's some semblance of checks and balances in terms of they all have to do whatever they can even if it costs more to make it as safe as possible or do you want to go on a spacecraft made by a private company where they might try to cut costs and mm. and do it the cheap way instead of the best way
0: yeah because if something happens to you or you don't get used to your supplies nasa because it's like a government thing they have to answer to like the people um Not saying that if a private company did it, there wouldn't be like riots saying we have to go and save such and such of the moon or whatever. But they, I feel like NASA would have an obligation to be like, there's a feed to the moon that you can watch these people living on and you can see everything going on. Everything is public record. But if it was private, they don't have to let you know anything. It could have failed. But they could pretend that it's still ongoing.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Would you, I know this is kind of a segue, but would you want to live on the moon if no. it was possible?
0: No. I wouldn't even go to space if I was given the opportunity. Like, I will not go to space, I will not go to the moon, definitely wouldn't go to Mars... I
1: because you're afraid you might die or you just don't have any interest.
0: Two no, I have the interest like but there's two reasons. One, I'd be afraid I would die. And two, the bigger reason is I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. So, I would worry, my biggest worry slash I know I would freak out at the fact that I can't get out of this. Yeah, you're small in a very cramped space. confined space. Yeah.
1: And there's no turning back once you're in space. You can't, halfway through the, you know, breaking Earth's atmosphere, you can't be like, I want to go home. Exactly. I changed my mind.
0: Yeah. So that's my biggest thing, is that I'm claustrophobic.
1: I think I would like to. I think it would obviously be terrifying, the idea that you might die on this barren rock in space with no one around you or, you know, just a few strangers in the astronaut program around you. I think that is terrifying, but it also would be so... Like, it's like one of the few real adventures left. Like, because there's not really, like, exploration anymore because the Earth has been mapped. I mean, I know there's some caveats to that, like, we haven't mapped. We don't know that much about the bottom of the ocean or some inaccessible parts of antarctica or whatever but it's not like there's not really sections of the map that we need to fill in so you can go and explore that and be kind of the first person who does x whereas you could be the first person who goes and settles the moon or who goes and settles mars so there's still that sliver of of making a name for yourself available
0: yeah i guess when you said like exploration i thought more of like the self kind of exploration as in like there's lots that you haven't seen or done so why wouldn't you want to try those things first yeah that's a good point um whereas if you're like these this really adventurous person who has basically done everything at this once and there's There really is nothing new to see unless you do kind of go to those places that are very unexplored or completely unexplored. Um, Then space and, like, the moon and stuff is your next massive thing. But for people like us who don't really travel (laughs) (laughs) and we don't jump out of planes and, like, scuba dive and do crazy shit like that, we still have a lot we could satisfy ourselves with. Um
1: Yeah, that is kind of a funny point to make that. Yeah. I say that but I haven't explored so much yeah. of the planet I'm actually on right now. So much is still unknown to me, even if it has technically been mapped in yeah. centuries past.
0: And I'm not really a thrill seeker. Not in the way that like my mum recently did a skydive and I was really nervous. My mum wasn't even nervous. She was just excited. And then it happened. She was like, it was amazing. I want to do it again. And to me, like, that two-minute rush that you get of, like, jumping out and then landing, that against, like... (laughs) Dying isn't worth <laughs>
1: it. And the, the dying
0: thing is not the only reason why. I'm just not interested in jumping out of a plane. I'm not interested in
1: it's like adrenaline for adrenaline's sake.
0: It's not even about the adrenaline. I have no interest in going up into the sky and then jumping to the back ground. Down like that's not it- the fascinating route. to me. And I can feel that thrill and adrenaline by doing other things by, like, this is going to sound really stupid, but by watching a really good movie or what. I don't reading think a really those are equivalent. Book. They're not, but they're not the equivalent. But I get a really satisfying feeling from, like, binge watching a, a good show or reading a good book. And I don't get a satisfying feeling of, like,. I'm going to go on a roller coaster ride or, you know, dive off a boat into the sea. Like, I don't care about that.
1: Dive off a boat into the (laughs) sea. That's not really that perilous or incredible. I went
0: scuba diving. My mum said she wants to go scuba diving. Right. Um,
1: That's a lot safer than skydiving, I imagine. Is it? Yes, I think so. Have you seen
0: that fucking film?
1: What, Jaws?
0: Yeah, that's not the film I was thinking. What's that film where they get left?
1: Oh, I vaguely. Recall. I'm not going to remember the that name. That was horrible. This is some random horror film from ten years honestly. ago.
0: Honestly, I um, you would have liked it. It was like found footage type thing. From I do what I enjoy found
1: footage. That is very true.
0: Yeah, because it was like him filming her, like sure. themselves. Um, I was just gonna At th- least that's what I think. I mean, people are probably like it wasn't found footage. I I think it. Was.
1: It doesn't matter because we're not saying the title (laughs) of the film, right? So no one can fact check. Everyone knows
0: what it is. I'm
1: sure there's a bunch of films where people get stranded at sea, but
0: everyone knows what it is. Trust me.
1: Also, they weren't scuba diving; they were just floating in the ocean.
0: They they were. That's how they got left.
1: I know, but once the horror sets in, it's just them floating in the ocean.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The scuba dive is just a prelude because the fucking scuba diver team left them.
1: Yeah, but it's not inherent to scuba diving they could have been doing anything in the ocean and they could have been left
0: okay i will barely put my feet into the ocean okay i'm just
1: trying to pick holes in your analogy
0: the ocean is scary yeah it's so big and so like unknown like there are large parts of the fucking sea that that we don't know and this whole like Sharks will only eat you if there's blood in the water or some bullshit. That might not even be true, but sounds that does feasible. not seem real. You don't want if to a test shark that out. is hungry and it sees your dangly legs, it's gonna eat you. There's not just sharks either; there are all kinds of fish that might want to beck at you. I don't. You. I I also am not a very strong slash good swimmer, and I had nightmares of drowning up until I was about twelve, right. and so I didn't learn to swim until then so i just have no like in lots of ways the, the ocean is like beautiful and like amazing and like there are some really pretty stuff down there but i don't want to go down there you know
1: just like you don't want to go into space and see all the amazing <laughs> look i'm fucking fine right there. where i am okay. yeah that's fair enough i was just gonna say though in response to what you were saying earlier where you were saying, like, books and movies are good enough for me. I don't think it's the case that people skydive because they've become completely dissatisfied with normal, everyday Mm. diversions. It's not like, books hold no pleasure for me anymore. I must go to the extreme. I think it's just, like, sometimes you have a ham sandwich, or I guess most of the time you have a ham sandwich, and that's good. But then you, you don't have to be like, so I don't need steak, ever, I don't need steak as a special occasion because ham sandwiches are fine. It's like, you mostly have ham sandwiches and then sometimes you want something really kind of special that really pushes the boundaries of what this is.
0: But I feel like for someone like my mum, all she does is work. And then like when she's not working, she wants to do things like skydiving. Like, so...
1: What do you mean? She wants to do things. She's only done a okay, single skydive. I know she's only
0: done it once, but she's this is like a new thing, an
1: adventure, because she just
0: went through life working, and not like well, she has like social enjoyments, I guess, like with friends and you know her partner or whatever. But in terms of like, she wants. She's very much like I want to see things. I want to do things now, and I'm just not there.
1: Can I'm you not- imagine your mom chopping her way through the jungle with a machete? Yes. exploring the rainforest.
0: She's a tough cookie. She would do that.
1: Offering food as a gesture of herself. friendship to monkeys. I was about to. Yeah, that would be a very dark <laughs> path for this uh, metaphor to go down.
0: <laughs> I think.
1: <sighs> I think we kind of got off space a little yeah,
0: bit. Yeah, we're we're about to go back to it. If you were given the opportunity to go to space or the moon or whatever. Um, and you took it, I would want to go with you. Because that's the type of person I am. Like,
1: If we die, we die yes, together. I'm
0: like, if we die, we die together. So, And I think I would get a level of comfort just from you being there. But I definitely wouldn't do it on my own. Like, or, I don't mean on my own as in a solo mission to space. I mean, I wouldn't do it without you.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, I would just say it's not like I'm gung-ho and completely fearless about the prospect of being shot in metal box via rockets into space it's terrifying to me but at the same time if somehow by some improbable sequence of events I found myself in the scenario where I was offered the opportunity to go into space it's almost like it's not even a choice because I would know that if I declined it, I would always regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so it's like I have to do it, basically. No matter how afraid I am of all the grisly deaths which could accompany this choice.
0: I can't see myself regretting something like that, though. Because, no. again, it's not really that interesting. Obviously... Going into space. No, obviously... Seeing
1: the Earth from above.
0: Obviously, that in and of itself is interesting. But I feel like... I'm not willing, my clotophobia and anxiety and then fear of death, I'm not willing to put, like, that Those few minutes of amazement or whatever above that, because I just don't think it's worth it.
1: The calculus doesn't work out. But then what if they made a spacious spacecraft where it was, like, a big room... Or like, a sequence of big yeah. rooms, and it was almost like you being shut up in a house.
0: Like on passengers when they clearly, like.
1: I have, don't know what yeah, you're talking about.
0: That film with. I haven't seen the film, but I've seen the trailer. I don't passengers. know what film you're
1: talking about. It's
0: clear that they live on, like, this fucking humongous thing where there's, like, a bar and all kinds of things. Um, yeah. But I would say st- it's not. claustrophobia. is not just small spaces, it's about being trapped.
1: Right, but by that logic, you're trapped in this house.
0: No, I'm not, because I can go outside whenever I want.
1: You can spacewalk (laughs) if you're on a a rocket ship.
0: And attach myself like Sandra Bullock did in fucking...
1: Jesus Christ, you're making a lot of movie references. I'm not
0: meaning to, but we are talking about space. One One of the movie references
1: has been about scuba diving.
0: Yeah, that's true. But that's what I think about when I think. You know about what? I'm calling things.
1: you out on your bullshit. <laughs> I've had it up to here.
0: <laughs> also I'm sick of your nonsense. When you said that you weren't, you weren't um, terrified, or you weren't. I can't remember what this? you said. You said something you doing. You're doing
1: your best, isn't it? but okay? it
0: made me think. I feel like you were very like, eh? Like I'll say to you, do you like roller coaster rides? And you're like, eh. Mm not really bothered but I'll go on one what kind of answer is that you either love them or you don't you're fucking terrified i don't get this really weird i don't
1: agree with that no the i don't get this really
0: weird middle like psychology. you know i'm not like i have to go on a ride but i'll go on it go on it and what do you feel do you enjoy it
2: i
1: do enjoy it it's hard to make yourself do it though because you have all that anticipation and all that anxiety and all that fear but then If you do it, you enjoy it. Oh,
2: okay.
1: When I say I feel meh about it, Mm. I'm probably understanding it. I do enjoy (laughs) things like roller coasters. Um, I just don't enjoy the build-up to them. Like, I think that would be the worst part about going into space, the months of training and being told all the mistakes you could make that would lead you to die a lonely death in outer space. I think that would be the worst part. I think actually being shut up there with the rocket boosters beneath you, I think that type of thing would probably just pass in the blink of an eye because you're so like, you know, Mm. clenching your fists and you're in the moment and it's happening and it's finally here and blah, blah, blah. But I think the lead up where they're preparing you and training you would be the worst part.
0: I was giggling then because something you said made me think of how um, when you're like, oh, I undersell things. It made me think of when I asked you if something was good and you're like, yeah, it was fine. But like when most people say it was fine, what they really mean is like it was all right slash bad. And you are like, fine for you is like good, just not excellent. And that's very strange. <laughs> and so when I'm like, how was the food or whatever? And you're like, it was fine. For a minute, I'm like, what what the fuck? Like, what do you what mean? What do you it want from fine?
1: me? I'm very tepid it, in my pronouncements you're very, sometimes. Like,
0: you it's like you only have a certain amount of that was amazing to give and you don't give it. Well,
1: if you do it too much, it loses its value. If everything is amazing, then nothing is amazing, right?
0: Yes. But you can meet in the middle. You don't have to like stay on the one end of like nothing's amazing so I'm never going to tell you it's amazing. Like you're, you're very much like, eh, it was all right.
1: I try to av- avoid hyperbole in those situations. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's just... I it just made me think of that. It's really a funny thing about you. I, I understand I what you're saying,
1: but I think it's also maybe a symptom of the fact that my default, if I don't feel very strongly about something, is just to really be kind of, eh, it was all right. Like, whereas I feel like... You are quicker to be like... Like you were saying earlier, it's either great or it's terrible. I loved it or I hated it was the worst thing whatsoever. And I think that does have value to a certain extent because you're not middle-of-the-road neutral when someone asks you your opinion about something. Yeah. If someone says to you, should I watch this film? And you say, ah, uh, it was okay. It's kind of worthless as a response to their request for a recommendation or not. Whereas if you just kind of pick a side and say, oh, it was terrible or it was good, then at least you're giving them some useful input in response yeah. to what they're saying. <laughs> what are you giggling at, huh?
0: Just like the little things that make a person up. Very fascinating. But yeah, back to space. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've returned to space. Yeah. I Triumphant.
0: I just don't.
1: Yeah. I think if I can rudely interrupt, I'm Uh, going to I'm gonna just bulldoze through your point. There's
0: really nothing to interrupt.
1: To me, I think it's almost kind of a idealistic thing where I want us as humanity to be engaged in space exploration. And I guess a byproduct of that is settling on extraterrestrial planets which I guess is kind of a oxymoron. I want us to f- explore. Like, I don't like this idea that we're all on this one rock and you live and die on this rock and we never know, really know, what the universe around us is like because we don't go and visit it, like, yeah. directly. We can see it kind of well with telescopes, but... I mean, how long is it going to be before we even leave our own solar system, which is like our backyard, basically? It's a tiny, 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 tiny portion of the overall universe. But to us, it's like this inaccessible distance right now. And so I think part of me is just rebelling against the idea that I'm going to die, most likely, before we go and explore space. It's like that thing where people lament the fact that they were born too early, right? Because you are around at the very beginning of humanity's kind of pulling their toes in the water of space exploration. We've gone to the moon many times and we've sent satellites out to other planets and all that kind of thing. But in terms of manned space flights, to other planets, or like I said, outside of our own solar system, let alone our own galaxy, which is just orders of magnitude more difficult and more arduous and more significant. It's like if you could only have been born a 100 years or 200 years later, you could have been on the very cusp of humanity starting to branch out amongst the stars. And I think I find that kind of depressing. And that's why my gut reactions like yes we should be doing more and more of this because you know hurry up what the hell's going on like i need to know what it's like on mars before i die so you need to go and send a guy there like i think it's that type of thing
0: have we been to the moon many times
1: yeah there's been like i'm i'm just guessing here but i want to say there's been like 10 apollo missions to the moon
0: so it was really only a big deal when we first did it
1: I'm sure it was a big deal when it was happening in, like, the 70s and 80s when they were sending manned missions to the moon. But we don't look back now and and be like, oh, God, remember with the fourth mission to the moon when they collected mm. a new sample of moon rock? But that rock?
0: whole, like, conspiracy of, like, did they really put a man on the moon? Surely if they've been since... Why isn't that footage, A, being, like let's watch them put the man, a man on the moon because people now want to see it. Like, I would want to see that if... Because obviously I wasn't alive when that big one... I mean, happened. the
1: footage is out there. You know that, right? Of it's like, not, like, classified of...
0: Of, like, everyone who's been to the moon.
1: I don't know if they took footage every single time. You'd think
0: that they would.
1: But also, you've got to remember that there are people out there who believe the Earth is flat. Like, evidence yeah, I was doesn't...
0: I just the other day that...
1: Remedy real deep irrational conspiracy theory thinking
0: yeah people are nuts
1: like beyond just the footage (laughs) of the moon landing there's also if i remember correctly a kind of mirror array that we left on the moon so we could shoot a laser at it and it would bounce back to us and we could measure distances and stuff like that so we actually left something on the moon and we can actually use it so we know that it's there and yet people still have this idea that we've never been to the moon or the earth is flat or the moon is just a hologram that the US government makes to keep us believing that. My tummy just rumbled. <laughs> How is that fine? How that is that good?
0: <laughs> How we is both that just kind of like looked yeah. at it as the How dare you interrupt
1: silly. me, stomach.
0: <laughs>
1: You'll know your place. Yeah. Your place is digestion and containment.
2: That was funny. If
1: I put 15 Oreos down my gullet, (laughs) I need you to take care of it, okay? No questions, (laughs) no issues, just get it done. Anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so (coughs) there's other reasons to think we've gone to the moon beyond just the grainy, you know, low frame rate footage that we have of it. But that's still not enough for some people because they're just inclined to think that way.
0: When we're done, I'm gonna see if I can see other footage. Cause surely they've recorded it if they have. But
1: it's all going to look the same.
0: It's all going to be guys
1: in white suits with black visors jumping around. If they've
0: done it in the last ten years, I'm going to tell. There's not. I'm
1: I'm pretty sure there's not been a man.
0: That's what my point was. If we're able to go to the moon, why aren't we going there? Like, you know what I mean? Jeff Bezos
1: is on the case. What do you want? (laughs) He's doing his best, right? Yeah. Well, A, because it's expensive.
0: Like, it, my point was, it, have we not done it since the 70s?
1: I don't think we've done it for a few decades now. It's and expensive. By we, it's we just difficult. Mean people,
0: right? Because it was the Americans.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also, you have to understand that the space race had bigger implications than just putting a man on the moon. It was also about the US showing off its rocket technology to the soviet so they could prove that they had you know very fearsome missile technology did also did the
0: americans do it first
1: yeah you know that so what was the that's monkey? one of those questions you asked me where i know you know the answer yeah i
0: didn't know that but what was the thing with the monkey
1: what thing with the monkey that's way too ambiguous for me to be able to give you a i don't know <laughs> Why are you asking me there's this?
0: She's out there that, are like, she is fucking dumb.
1: Then I'm dumb as well because this doesn't ring yeah. any bells. I know they've put animals into space. Oh. But going to the. Like, going to space just means breaking the Earth's atmosphere and being yeah. in its orbit. Whereas going to the moon is actually going somewhere. So it's a big. Di- like, yeah. going into space is not all the same thing. I know. No, but I'm just saying there's a big difference. It's not all. <laughs> If they put a monkey in space, then it's the same. Yeah. Like, you can send... I know sometimes you'll see, like, someone, just a random normal civilian will send a weather balloon up into low orbit. So you can basically, with, you know, a a decent amount of money, you could build something right now and send it into what is essentially space. Like, you can do that right now. Don't
0: you need, like, a booster to send it? You're saying that something could just float up there? Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure they've sent, like, kind of balloon-type things into Earth's orbit. Wow. So it's not that difficult to to get into space. But then there's a huge hurdle to then surpass in terms of going somewhere, like the Moon or Mars or outside of our tiny little solar system. But like I said, I'm very impatient for it to happen. Yeah. Because I just hate I the it... <laughs> idea that it's gonna pass me by because I won't live long enough.
0: I think you could live longer eighty years. So I think something's gonna happen for you. You could
1: live longer than eighty years. How dare you? Know, you? Like,
0: I mean just I could as... live to
1: be hundred and twenty, a this spry doesn't... <laughs> geriatric.
0: So you could live another hundred years. Yeah. Technically. Get well you've
1: got to you. think about all the medical advancements that are gonna happen. Yeah
0: i to be frozen.
1: Yeah, maybe that's the only way to do it, get frozen for 500 years yeah. and then basically have it stipulated in your contract. How... Don't unfreeze me until we <laughs> put a guy on Mars, goddammit.
0: But you've got to pay. You've yeah. got to have enough money before you die to pay for like 500 years. Yeah, of worth course. of f- Freezing. Are we even going to, is Earth even going to survive that long?
1: 500 years. The
0: sun is going to like die.
1: That's like in billions of years.
0: Then why are we bothered? About what? People aren't going to be here in a billion years.
1: Do you think people are panicking about the death of the sun right now? Yes. They're not, I assure you.
0: Uh, I don't like this conversation. I feel very uneducated. I'm trapping
1: you. (laughs) I'm very uneducated about matters of spacefaring as well. I just find it fascinating as a layperson, this idea that, as a species we start off on this rock in the middle of this vast nothingness and you've got to remember that we how long have has human civilization been around like ten thousand years how long have humans been around like i'm I'm just guessing here but i'd probably say like you know a few hundred Mm -hmm. thousand years in our current form that's like nothing that's like a second in the context of how long the universe has been around but my point is so we find ourselves on this rock we start to make more and more advanced technology we start making more advanced civilizations and we still haven't started exploring what's around us like it you know in a real sense in terms of actually sending some of us to you know hey go check out what's beyond saturn it's just so surreal in a way that we are to a large extent trapped Although I get you know, to counter myself then, that's kind of silly in a way because although the Earth is tiny, like infinitesimally small in the grand scheme of things, like we were talking about earlier, how much of the Earth have I seen right now? Yeah. A tiny, tiny fraction of it. I could go and explore the rainforests or the Arctic wastelands or the deserts or the oceans. Like, it, in a way, it's kind of silly to be like, oh, we're trapped in this this tiny... Playpen
0: you could go and explore the forest, yeah, down the road, and that would be an adventure, yeah,
1: so I don't know, maybe it's just kind of
0: I was just thinking about how like first, I was thinking about there being like other parts of the universe, um where there are planets like ours, where there can be like people, either people like us or people that are different but what you would probably still essentially call human beings um, and that they're also kind of exploring to see if there are other people out there and then my mind quickly moved on to but we're just how did we go from just being like animals like the cavemen or whatever who their only kind of instincts are really to like eat and like survive to these really fucking weird, like, people who have all these rules and jobs and there's, like, full societies of, they're just, like, there are all these structures and rules and weird things. It's like, how do we go from just being, like, animals to that? And when I really try to think about the universe and, like, what might be out there and then other beings or other people it really does start to kind of blow my mind in a in a kind of like I don't understand how we were and how we are now and why and then I think about people who are like there is nothing like the earth is flat and there is no kind of like space or moon and there's no there's just us and this kind of like land that we can see here and i think that they part of why they are like that is because they can't um comprehend the universe because it is really very strange to think about if you really kind of let your mind try to understand what it is um for me anyway
1: well there's if i remember correctly there's kind of an evolutionary idea that the way that human brains work is we're not set up intellectually to be able to properly comprehend the really small, like the microbial level or the really big, like the galaxy level. We're in this very specific, narrow Goldilocks zone of comfort where we understand intuitively this scale of like human beings and houses and maybe even like cities and continents. But, when we try to wrap our minds around something like an atom or we try to wrap our minds around something like a cluster of galaxies, I think it is probably true that we are not set up for that type of thinking. And so it does kind of feel unnatural. It does feel like this great challenge that you're trying to rewire Mm. your thinking to tackle.
0: It's like when you think about death you think about death for long enough it, it can really freak you out like because no one knows what's going to happen and the idea that we in a way know so much and we are out there trying to explore space and stuff but we don't know that kind of simple we know everyone dies but we don't know why like what do you mean? Well, not that we don't know why, because we know we why, don't know why like, death
1: exists. Is that we what you're don't saying? know why
0: death is this thing, and where we go afterwards, yeah, yeah. if we go anywhere. And I'm like, why aren't we spending money on that? Like, but I'm sure there are people trying to figure it out in one way or another. But it's like, how do you even begin to do that? But, it's just one of those things where, if you think about it for long enough, it just you realise your your brain can't go there fully because you just can't. It's not supposed yeah, to. It's not, it's not set to,
1: up yeah. that way. I I understand what you're saying. I just think you're making an assumption there that there has to be a deeper meaning rather than just we are collections of cells that make up a living breathing animal that has blood coursing through our veins and gray matter in our brain pans that you know seems to project what we call consciousness instead of just thinking that gets a certain amount of years and then it just shuts down and it, and it's over and the next generation is born and they get a certain amount of years and then their life systems shut down. You have to kind of say, well, there must be something bigger than that. But the problem is, why must there? Why can't well, it just be we're animals that stop working at a certain point?
0: Because we're not like anything else. An animal or a flower or a plant or something has only very few kind of like instincts and desires like um a flower doesn't have hobbies a flower doesn't um you know mate with another flower and have flower babies and I think that uh, animals, is how flower you know what reproduction I mean? works, but and I get your point. Animals do obviously do those types of things to a certain extent. They mate, they have children, and they continue the cycle. But their instincts and desires are always really only going to be to survive and to eat. They don't, like, have complex emotions the way we do. Some animals do, um, but they don't follow these really weird rules and have these like societies and they don't, you know, go to school and then have to find a job. They don't do any of those things. So I can't just think of people as this weird collection of cells that eventually dies because that's not, that's not what we are. We are kind of like these really weird, fully functioning, can do something different every day types of beings Um, we're not just like a collection of cells that's like going through a cycle until it ends because there's not one cycle, in a way there's one cycle that everyone follows like sleep, eat, have to make money to survive kind of cycle and then there's the other cycle where it's like you've got to have interests and hobbies and you've got to have like a will to live and all those types of things. Um, so yeah, that's why I can't really see it like that.
1: I understand what you're saying. We are obviously orders of magnitude, more sophisticated and complex, and we possess more potential than, you know, the next best animal on earth, say. But the problem is, when you point to all these things, like, oh, we can't just be like, you know, dogs that, Are born and they die because we have buildings and we have art and we have language and we have philosophy and we have science and we have all these great things we have spacecrafts and cars and you know computers and the internet the problem is it's always going to come down to that privileging of what is human because you are human you can never escape that anthrocentric value system To you, you think civilization is incredible and sets us apart in some profound, meaningful way because you are part of the group who made it. Yeah. But maybe it isn't anything special, really. Maybe anthills are equivalent to cityscapes because they're both just the same thing, really. They don't... One doesn't have any more a special importance than the other. It's just a matter of scale and complexity.
0: Mm. I don't know. It's like I was thinking about Rudy the other day, the uh, cat. Like, he was, like, just, just walking around the living room. I was thinking to myself, what do you do? Like, obviously, I know you don't do anything because... When I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing right now? And I come into the bedroom and I see he's sitting on the bed. But he's not asleep and he's not, like, playing with the toy or cleaning himself, which cats do for a third of their life. He's just there looking at the wall or whatever. And, I, and I'm like, is this unbelievably cruel that you're here in this house instead of out there somewhere with the cats or should I get another cat, or are you depressed? Like, I I wouldn't know. Like, I don't know, and I'm worried that... I'm like, oh, Rudy, he's, like, my baby. I love him so much. I care about him just as much as I care about, like, a person, and I'd be devastated if he wasn't here anymore. But then I'm like, aren't I just being really cruel for, like, having you, taking you out of, like, your cat world and putting you into my world... Because I don't know what you're thinking or feeling and you could be like in terrible pain.
1: A, you're totally stepping on what's going to be the third topic. (laughs) So gracias for that. (laughs) And B, I understand what you're saying, but then can't you also apply that to humans? Can't you say, well, it's cruel that humans have to be cooped up in these concrete boxes and they can't do what humans used to do which Mm. is roam the forests and hunt down their own food like why is there this one sole objective like best way for a specific creature to exist and function
0: i guess it's more so that i can't know because he is a different he's not a person that can tell me what he wants so if he's happy obviously there are things that we as people think we know about animals but ultimately we can't really know we're like oh okay. when a cat does this it means he's happy and he's trusts you and he you know he's pleased with you and I'm like no you don't really know that at all he's just not eating my face and that's all you really know so but yeah if we want to move off that because we don't want to go too much into our third topic um When you brought up the people thing, just, well, aren't we just, like, cooped up and stuff? Yes, there are obviously a portion of people who book that kind of, like, way society lives and they don't own anything and they kind of live on the land or whatever. And then there are other people who almost, like, want to do that, feel like maybe they would do that, but they are still following these rules of, like but I have to get a job But I have to get up every day and I have to do this in order to survive and I have to make money. And it's like, it's very difficult to live a certain way when you don't want to live that way.
1: I get what you're trying to say. I think there is an interesting question of how many of our kind of savage primordial instincts are still embedded in our behavioral patterns if you think about cavemen and neanderthals they had like you said a very simplistic existence by comparison they thought about killing some food take down a a wildebeest for example they thought about finding a safe place to lay their head like a cave And that was pretty much it. And they, you know, there was also a certain impulse towards procreating. So you find a mate and you look after them as they bear your children. I think there's definitely a quandary about how much of that we've just modified, whether we are just the same beings after all, even with all this pretense of. Civilization and culture and technology, are we just playing out the same patterns as our ancestors did 50,000 years ago, but in this new context of cities and the internet and food that you go to a supermarket to get? And if we are, does that mean that that is how? human beings are kind of programmed to live, if we try to break that cycle and live a different way, is there something in us that's going to rebel against that and try to <clears throat> shunt us back onto that established path that is kind of drilled into us on a genetic level?
0: I think there are. I think that's where things like stealing and... um murder and things like that might like partially stem from like as a caveman or whatever, whatever you came across you could try to take and if there was another caveman who wasn't from your cave in the way you would fight to see who gets it and some people are like that they don't want to kind of follow society's rules in that you have to earn everything you have they see something they take it um, if someone gets in their way they fight or they murder and I think that kind of instinct instinct is there for some people because they also often as well have that level of like well I don't care there's no remorse because it's more real inside them to kind of take what they think they deserve instead of following these you didn't make that you didn't pay for that you didn't earn that so you can't have it
1: yeah i think the two categories where we from my vantage at least are still the most like our savage ancestry are sex and violence in terms of it's very surreal for example if you've ever witnessed a fight break out outside a bar where you get these two guys who puff up their chest and try to make themselves look as big as possible you know which is like a classic tactic yeah. in the animal kingdom you try to scare the other creature off <clears throat> by making yourself look as big and, and imposing as possible and then they kind of square up and push each other a little bit just like this test of dominance in terms of can i shove you hard enough that you know to back down and when you see this prelude to the actual fist fight, it's very animalistic in terms of all pretense of civilization is dropped, all pretense of civility is dropped, and it just becomes this kind of clashing of horns almost, but in human form where. It could be two buffaloes butting head, but it's two drunken idiots shoving each other and Mm -hmm. getting each other's faces. And when you see that, you do kind of realise that when push comes to shove, human beings do revert back to their animal instincts and they do act as if we were just animals wearing fancy clothes with fancy gadgets. And that is a very disconcerting thing to see and to have that impression implanted in your mind. And then it's kind of the same with sex, really, when you think about it. How is sex changed from a caveman and a cave woman getting it on in their cave? It's basically the same thing. Of course, we've got all these accoutrements, like sexual fetishes and all that type of thing. <laughs> where we've put things into categories and we've made things more complicated and elaborate. But ultimately, it's the same act. It's the same process. It has the same importance. It's done in pretty much the same way. And in both situations that I'm talking about, we find out that we are still just animals in some key, profound sense.
0: Wow. We've gone so far from, like, yeah. let's go to space and explore the fucking moon or whatever. Um, yeah, I agree with you that those kind of, like, instincts and desires and things are the same and they have been the same over time. It's just really difficult now when you try to add everything else in on top of that. Um, into the Under these kind of, like, ideas that, You're supposed to live a certain way um, and adhere to all these rules. Um, Going back to the space thing. (laughs) For the third
1: time (laughs) in this conversation, we return to the actual topic of discussion. Go on.
0: Would you live on the moon or would you just go for a trip?
1: Just a day, a day visit.
0: Like if they said we're going to go to the moon and like, you know. Leave something there or whatever, and Rudy. You could, no.
1: Fare thee well, space cat.
0: And you can go, like, and you knew you were only going to be gone a few weeks or whatever, or however long it takes. Um, you've said that you'd go, but if you had the chance to live on the moon, they were going to send people there to live. Would you go?
1: I wouldn't permanently settle on something other than earth like the moon or another planet that whole thing where they were looking for volunteers to go land on mars and live out the rest of their days there that to me is very petrifying very disturbing the idea of never seeing you know the cities of earth again never seeing the people of earth again i don't think i could do that i don't think i could so completely detach myself from everything I've ever known for the rest of my years. I don't think I could do that. But I do think I could maybe go and live there for, you know, six months a year.
0: Wasn't the Mars thing though that you could only go one way?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People had to accept that they were going to die on Mars. But
0: why could you only go one way? I think because they want
1: to set up settlements there. Or maybe because it, once you get there, there's no way to get back because you've already used your rockets, you've already used your fuel, that type of thing. Uh, okay. And then it's just a case of sending them supplies, a la Jeff Bezos's plan yeah, for I lunar should... settlements. Bringing it back around.
0: We'll just get, like, Amazon Prime, like, instead yeah. of the next day, it's like...
1: We we're on the moon and it's like, ugh, we need some more insulating foam for... Huh, number five. Oh, we have to wait three days because we don't have Amazon yeah. Prime. <laughs> we could have got it tomorrow.
0: No, it takes three days. Yeah.
1: I wonder how long it would take to sit once we really perfect that technology. How long would it take? Like if there was an emergency and you need like a tiny, you know, there's like space debris where it's not, I, I want to call it, a comet or an asteroid, but like I'm talking about a piece of rock the size of your fist, like that can punch through spacecraft that can punch through. Like
0: when they send satellites and stuff, surely it's quicker because it's just a little satellite. It's not like a rocket ship or whatever.
1: Well, that's quite a dicey proposition breaking through Earth's orbit because there's so much space junk floating around earth right now from all human activity there there's little pieces of metal and nails and stuff like that and
0: and it hasn't floated away
1: no because it's trapped in the gravity of earth i'm guessing and so if you try and punch through this you know cloud of little pieces of metal when you're going whatever it is ten thousand miles an hour it will rip through you as if you would just run through piano wire as a human being. And so it's very difficult. They have to be very precise and track all those little pieces of space junk if they want to slot a rocket ship through it or they want to slot a satellite launch through it.
0: I am now picturing this very thick like layer of... It's not
1: thick. It's not like the rings of Saturn. It's just... You know, things fall off satellites. And it's, like, satellites. all the way around? There's,
0: like, a ring of it? I don't think all it's all...
1: A, I think it will pretty much be where we've put satellites before.
0: okay.
1: And it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, I guess eventually it will... I don't even know if stuff corrodes in the vacuum of space. Because there's nothing rubbing against it to abrade the surface. If you see what I'm saying. The
0: atmosphere
1: wouldn't do... Yeah, I'm not... I. I you know... I'm very aware that I'm talking from a place of severe ignorance here. What were we talking about?
0: I was talking about sending things, and you were like, they have to slot it through the junk.
1: Yeah, that sounds (laughs) vaguely (laughs) innuendo-esque, somehow dirty. Yeah. Yeah. To close, I would maybe make the last point that I think one of the other things that kind of subconsciously pushes me towards advocating for humanity to expand its space exploration ambitions is i think it would be very beneficial in dissolving our tribalism in terms of i mean it sucks that for example in the space race it was like you know the Americans versus the Soviets. But of course, that was a very specific moment in time where there was this heated rivalry between them in many different senses, only one being kind of technological. You know, there was military, there was diplomatic tensions arising. But what I'm trying to say is, if we decided as a species that we were going to put a thousand people on mars it's almost like it would be as a species it wouldn't be like as americans we're going to do this it would be as humans as a people collectively it's almost like it would make the earth one big tribe instead of all these boundaries of nationality and race and creed and all that stuff Mm. if we got to that position where it was like We're sick of being stuck on this space rock that we call Earth. We want to go and figure out what this huge expanse around us is all about and what it contains and what that might mean for the nature of existence. You would hope, and maybe this would be a naive hope given people's propensity to irrationality sometimes, but you would want to believe that it would unite us in a very significant yeah. beneficial way
0: yeah i think you the hope is that but i definitely think it would be well first of all it probably be like it has to be like two people from every place or one person from every <laughs> like place Noah's Ark,
1: but for
2: nationality yeah
0: and there has to be a well then you get into really kind of like just half and half does it have to be half female half male and then what about trans people like
1: Different races, different We also
0: want to make sure there's, religions. like, gay people, so it's not basically, like, the start of time where, you know... Um, the start of time. Then it's like, do we also send one of each animal or two of each animal? And, like...
1: It's getting very biblical now. Like,
0: w- you go down this road where it's, like... M- it might be better if it was just kind of, like, a bingo, like... Instead of saying, let's pick, like, a male and female. Do you mean a lottery? Or, yeah, what did I say?
1: You said a bingo. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a bingo to determine whether you got to be one of Earth's pioneering astronaut settlers, that would be very uh, nail-biting when you, and yeah. when,
0: inappropriate. When your brain inefficient. does things. It's like yesterday when I was cooking. This is funny. And I handed you. What did I hand you? the spatula to rinse, I was like, take this. And I meant rinse it. And then you were like, rinse it? And in my head, I was like, why would you rinse a peg, like a clothes peg? And I really thought I'd given you a blue clothes peg, but I hadn't. I'd given you a black spatula. It was a real case of, like, my brain, like, malfunctioning. Well, you
1: were cooking, so you were doing, like, five things (laughs) at once to begin with. All Mm. the... Computational capacity of of your brain was occupied at that point, yeah. and this just slipped through the cracks. that's funny. Your brain was like, "Screw it, we don't need to expend any <laughs> thought on this one."
0: Yeah, but yeah, so maybe it would it would be better more of as like a lottery. You don't know who's gonna go, and then like it. And but then I guess if there was a lottery and it all ended up being men, like or, or whatever, all white people, yeah, that wouldn't work. All American,
2: either.
1: yeah. No one's going to be happy regardless of what you do it. But a lottery
0: from each different country. So you still do get people from all different countries. Therefore, you end up getting different races and et cetera um, and different ages. Um, But you might not get anything else evened out. Like it still could all be men or it still could be... um,
1: Yeah, that counters the objection I was going to make. But then there's always going to be that baseline problem of... Say you get two people from every country. Well, China has a billion people, and the UK has seventy yeah. million people. So China is going to say, "Why the hell do we only get two candidates?" Whereas. These countries that have a tiny, tiny fraction of our population get the same amount. Because
0: we're starting again, for God's sake. We're not just replicating Earth. We're starting again. I
1: just imagined you in a business suit in the room (laughs) where these negotiations are happening, slamming your fist on the table, saying, God damn it, men.
0: We're starting again. (laughs) Because it's uneven now, in that lots of places don't have very many people, lots of places have almost too many people. And, you know, there are places where there's more men and there's places where there's more women no we're starting out on an even playing field but then does that mean if there's 50 straight people there's 50 gay people
1: why would that mean that if you're doing it by because a random you lottery want... you can't guarantee no i'm saying happen. if
0: we didn't do it by the lottery and you did it where there's like half men half women or uh would they then mean that you'd have 50 straight people and 50 gay people because you'd want it to be even? You want anyone to be a minority. So that, there's equal I feel like amount. you should clarify
1: that statement.
0: There's Why? What do you mean?
1: You wouldn't want any of the astronauts to be a minority?
0: No, I mean...
1: <laughs> I understand what you're saying. You're basically saying you wouldn't want them again, to be too little of one group.
0: Yes, yes. You wouldn't want anyone to be like, there's only one gay guy, there's only one black yeah. guy, there's only one whatever. So that's why it would be hard doing it this way because you'd really get stuck into the like small things like, well, there's yeah, also got to be, be 50 left handed people. Endless squabbling or whatever. over like, the I'm left handed by the way, differences not demographics. Yeah.
1: It's interesting then because. And this is like real, like, you know, no one needs to worry about this. Let's just focus on, you know, putting some people on the moon again. But if you go down this scenario even further, when we do start setting up settlements that can take, you know, a significant amount of people, like tens of thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands, then you run into a further problem in that, Overpopulation on Earth is already a dire predicament for it, us. It is
0: I don't believe that
1: <sighs> okay I We've don't know how to respond about this to that
0: before, but how are we overpopulated when there's like masses of land that aren't being used
1: but people can't live in deserts and people can't like, live can in if arctic you set tundras? Up a new town. Just throw them in the middle of the Sahara and say, like, figure it out. Okay. Here's some planks of wood and but cows. The
0: only land available is not like, you know, the fucking plains of the fucking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a sentence which had three words and two of them were fucking. It was it's not, not like the, the only, most articulate. It's not
0: like the only lands are the deserts and the really like snowy places, the way you can't live. There's lots of just like green land available
1: how do you know this
0: i've traveled england there's lots of fucking you've mapped out
1: all the empty spaces you're a part-time cartographer
0: i mean for god's sake there's so many empty like buildings and apartment buildings and houses and things don't get used right because people are constantly following these outdated rules
1: solely a question of physical space in terms of we've actually what is it
0: then are we running out of sun
1: we're I running... thought
0: you said we weren't running out of sun.
1: <laughs> we're not running out of sun, no. But and that... places
0: like here, we're not running out of water. For the love so of God, on. woman,
1: let me explain. <laughs> it's a problem of resources, of food, of power, of
0: We're not running out materials. of food.
1: No, we are not running out of food.
0: Okay, but obviously don't set them up where there's, like, no access to stuff. But there's, like, plenty of land where there's, like... Access to things, like food, like oil, like water. I'm
1: so over this tangent, by the way. (laughs) We're just getting into aimless argumentation. My point that I was trying to make was, when we do start a large-scale resettling effort off-world places like china are going to say we should be at the front of the queue because we are the most densely overpopulated whereas you know just for example they could say america you've got so much open space that you could still use whereas we have exhausted all the possible Mm. places for our people so we should be given first priority in terms of alleviating overcrowding overpopulation and so then that's going to lead to its own set of very obstructive debates very obstructive negotiations and no one is ever going to be happy with what they get in the end and i just hope that that doesn't endlessly entangle us and stop us from actually getting something done
0: Well, I guess you've got to ask what the new world is for. Are are we just, like, spreading out? Are we trying to start something new? Are we... Do we really need this because we're overpopulated? Like, obviously, if that's, like, the main reason why we're going to start sending people somewhere, then what you've then got to say is, well, okay, if it's an overpopulation thing... You might think it's not right to send people out of China because there's not enough room because they're Chinese and they want to live they want to stay there. But what's better, moving them to America or moving them to a different planet? Like so I don't think if we ever do this that we should do it because we're overpopulated. So I don't think You're we doing are in scare quotes. Yeah, I don't think we are. I think that's bullshit. And I might be saying this from a really ignorant place, but I don't think it's true.
1: (laughs) But you may be ignorant of your own ignorance. Yeah, You don't know what you don't know.
0: I don't know what I don't know. So, yeah. Wow.
1: I think that's probably where we should wrap up this.
0: Yeah.
1: Incessant rambling.
0: Our next podcast will be from the moon.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's going to take 44 (laughs) Earth days for it to transfer. It's a big file. (laughs) Uncompressed.
0: <laughs> it's funny. Okay, do you want to give me the next topic?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the next article, as I wait for the spinning circle <laughs> to signify that it is loaded on my phone, is well, you could pretty much not avoid this anywhere that you get your news, but I saw this on Time. And the headline is, FBI Director James Comey, I think that's how that's said, said, there is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. And essentially, this guy gave a speech which was very fertile material for quote mining because he had some startling declarations in what he was saying. The one that everyone picked up is that one that was in the headline. There is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. But another one which this Time article mentions is there is no place in America outside of judicial reach. Even our memories aren't private. Any of us can be compelled to say what we saw. And so... Wow. I wanted to use this as a springboard because I think it's kind of emblematic of not only what's going on in America, but what's going on in pretty much all Western democracies right now, where the government is trying to claw away as much privacy from the citizenry as possible. Okay, It's happening in the US, it's happening in Europe, it's happening here in the UK. It's all along the same lines. And so I wanted to talk about, A, how that can be resisted, and B, also, what extent do you think this is going to reach in our lifetimes? Because from my perspective, I feel quite sure that the inevitable function of government is that it will always try and accumulate more and more power. So, for example, the intelligence services are never going to reach a point where they say, we've got enough power to infiltrate the average citizen's life now. We've got enough capability to penetrate your privacy. We're going to just level off now. We're not going to try and develop more and more invasive means Mm. of surveilling you. We've reached the perfect middle ground where we are able to violate your privacy enough to establish the greatest possible degree of security and we don't need to go any further. I think that is essentially a fantasy. I think it will always be their instinct to try and get better and better at surveilling people. And that's why it always has to be responsibility of the people themselves to resist and when it comes to resisting you're talking about things like using encrypted chat apps or using encrypted emails to communicate so that you can essentially use strong enough cryptography where even the best supercomputers that are extant today would not be able to break it within the space of essentially eons and certainly not in the space of a human lifetime say in effect it becomes impossible to decode your communications with someone else and then you're also talking about browsing the internet with something like a vpn which means that your internet traffic can't be monitored directly and you're also talking about things like cryptocurrency such as bitcoin in order to disintermediate the state from your financial transactions so that if you have something to sell and someone else wants to buy it you can make that transaction in a way that excludes the state entirely so you don't have to use them as middlemen and you don't have to submit to their surveillance of what you're doing with your money all these different ways you can employ to in response to director comey's pronouncement that there's no such thing as absolute privacy there's no such thing as real privacy anymore you can say well we're going to do everything we possibly can to make sure that that's not actually true or to make sure that it's as difficult as possible for you to make that true i see that as the duty of every person who would be free every person who says the state doesn't have a right to treat me as its subject as if they were kings and we are their peasants At a certain point, I think people need to realise that technology as it stands today can allow them to interact with other people in such a way that the state cannot either interfere or monitor that activity. And I think that people should take advantage of those opportunities. A, because on a practical level, it makes that activity safer. And B, out of principle in terms of saying... Privacy is a right that every human being should enjoy, if you see what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I agree. But despite doing all that, don't they still have the power to compel you to... Like, if they were able to come up with, like, a warrant, like, real reasons why they suspect you of something, couldn't they compel you to hand over all this stuff? Yeah, of like, course. Like, chats? They couldn't... So maybe that's what he means. He's like, there's always going to be a loophole where we are allowed to see what you're doing if we want to.
1: Well, there's two things here in terms of the government is always going to be able to make demands of you in terms of they can say, hey, for example, we suspect you of fraud and we have evidence to believe that on this hard drive, which you have encrypted with say something strong like two hundred and fifty-six a 56-bit encryption, which is very, very difficult for them to break on their end. So they say to you, we have now got a subpoena or a warrant that obligates you legally to give us the means, whether that's passwords or whether that's certain encryption keys to decrypt your hard drives so that we can see what's going on so we can use that as evidence against you they're always going to be able to make that demand of you i'm not saying that they should be able to i'm just saying that as a practical reality they will retain that power but what you've got to realize is that that is not enough for them in terms of they know that that is a very limited means of control because you can always say no i'm not going to give it to you for example, in America, there's the Fifth Amendment, which protects you from having to self-incriminate yourself. And sometimes that means that you are protected from being compelled to do things like this, at least in certain jurisdictions. But also you can just refuse to comply in terms of, you can say, I'm not going to give you this. And in that case, their only recourse is these very blunt brute force means of trying to coerce you so you can be held in contempt of court and you can be pull in a jail cell until you comply with this order to decrypt your hard drives and then it's just a waiting game how long can you wait out the judge because that type of thing is not supposed to be a punishment it's supposed to be a way to compel you to do something so if you can wait it out for long enough presumably you can say hey I've been in jail without charge for a year and a half now and the judge will be pressured to say well this is not working as a coercive means and you'll have to be freed but and i am eventually getting to my real point i assure you my point is that that's not enough for them they also want back doors into encryption they also want people who make these encrypted chat apps to include these ways for the intelligence services to break the encryption themselves.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, aren't they trying to make it a rule that like companies will say that they will get like um what is it the ISP is ISPs?
1: That is an acronym. I don't know yeah. what you're saying
0: though you know, like the internet providers yeah. they're trying to get just like how they're trying to get internet providers to block certain sites, they're trying to make, all these companies kind of, like, bend their rules so that if the government at any time wants to peek in, can Yeah, that's, that's my point. And obviously there are places that don't comply, like WhatsApp, for instance, that's, like, an encrypted chat. Um, that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: they've been trying to do that for a while, and I think we are only seeing the tip of the iceberg in terms of that. There's so much going on behind the scenes that you don't ever hear about. And even if companies don't comply, for example, the recent disclosures from WikiLeaks about how the CIA has developed ways to hack the actual devices themselves, like the Apple iPhone or a smart TV, so it can spy on you with its microphone or whatever. They are, A, trying to pressure the companies themselves into voluntarily adhering to this set of rules where there always has to be a backdoor there always has to be a way to break the privacy but they're also trying to do it in a clandestine underhanded way where they say we always need to have these aggressive ways to actually break the software ourselves to hack into it Mm -hmm. and yeah i think there is going to be more and more this war by the government and I say the government as a generality, but I mean like the US government, the UK government, European governments, in terms of saying we won't allow the citizens of our country to have access to encryption that cannot be broken by us. I think we really are going down that path where there's going to be legislation that tries to do that, that tries to say, if you want to make an encrypted chat app, for example, for the iPhone, there always has to be a flaw in it, a crucial flaw that we can exploit in order to read messages, to decode them and access them. It can't ever be a perfect, flawless, unexploitable system of encryption, because then that means our hands are tied. That means we can never intercede between a person trying to communicate with another person at that point we have no means to surveil this activity whatsoever and so i think in the near future we're going to see governments acting very aggressively in order to fraught that i mean even if you look in the past there have been technologies like pgp which is pretty good privacy which is a encryption tool which was invented in the 80s, I want to say, the government tried to, at that time, classify it as a munition, which meant that it would be treated in the same way as items of war, like missiles and military-grade firearms and the schematics for bombs and stuff like that. They took this very heavy-handed approach of saying, this is so dangerous, even though it's only a means of scrambling any kind of surveillance of this information being encoded this is so dangerous that we have to take this so seriously that we're not even going to allow people to have access to it in any form they eventually relented in that case but it just shows you that if that happened 30 years ago what is going to happen in the next couple of years where Instead of it being you have to download a specific chat app that encrypts your communications, it's going to be what's happening now, where, for example, Apple encrypts your entire phone by default. It's going to be a scenario where everything is just encrypted as standard. And then that's going to be where things boil over, and the government is going to have to start doing those very heavy handed, draconian tactics in order to retain the amount of control they feel that they deserve or they feel that they need or they feel that they're entitled to.
0: So do Apple already do that are each is each phone already encrypted?
1: Yeah, I think that is now the standard that Apple uses.
0: So then if so doesn't that mean that like when we were talking about before on a previous podcast how like cameras and stuff can be hacked? someone could be watching you through your phone doesn't that mean that i'm gonna say that it can't be hacked but um i guess the best hackers could hack anything that's the idea um what's the like what is the idea behind encryption like is it that it can't be hacked or is it that it's encrypted so someone can't like i don't understand in terms of, like, if they have to compel you for the information anyway, what's the point of it being encrypted?
1: Are you saying that because they can do that, that means that encryption is pointless?
0: Yeah, like, if, 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 they're, if they're saying that all they need to do really is get, like, um, some evidence to get, like, a warrant to get your phone, don't, isn't that whole idea of encryption, it's just, like, it's like a um, false kind of sense of security
2: Security,
0: or is the idea that everything's encrypted so that it can't be hacked
2: well
1: it has multiple benefits it does obviously protect you to some extent from malicious hackers on a citizen level in terms of rather than protecting you from snooping from your government in terms of being compelled to decrypt things and that being a kind of achilles heel of encryption as a means to protect your privacy like i said assuming that it is perfect encryption that hasn't been hobbled by these back doors it will then fall to you to make a choice it will always be up to you no matter what a court threatens with you with whether they say we're going to charge you with contempt of court and you're going to languish in a jail cell for however long it takes you to change your mind, it will still be... The ball will be in your court in terms of you will have to then voluntarily give up that information. So if you see what I mean, you can be forced yeah. to give up that information, but it's your choice. So
0: it's kind of like, say, for instance, if you're arrested and they take all the stuff that you have on you, but if it's password protected or encrypted in some way... um. That's when they then have to be like, we need to get a warrant to kind of like compel you to give over this information because otherwise it's just there. We have the phone. We can look at it. Kind of like when didn't they have that like that terrorist guy. They had his phone and they were trying to compel. Yeah, there was the Sam Bernardino case. Yeah. Um, Whereas if his phone wasn't encrypted or password protected, they could have taken the information. Um, yeah,
1: that's the point. The point is that it then falls to you. They have to find some way to make you actively decide to give them the information. Yeah, They have to come to you and find some way to break you and to compel you to help them. It's within your power to deny them access mm-hmm. is the point.
0: But again, there's, then you've got to say, well, you could say, well, I'm not really given a choice because... Obviously, you are given a choice, but it's not a good choice. It's like, I lose either way. I either give up my privacy or I go to, to jail while they try to make me do it. So it's not really much of a choice. I think that's where they need to, like, that. the idea is that there needs to be some kind of, like, change. Like, unless they do have, like, overwhelming proof that you've committed a certain level of crime, like, say, if it's having to do with children or murder or something, you know, if it's just, like, we have reason to believe you did lie, like, about something that's not, you know, then it would be harder. Um But I don't really know the actual rules and laws when it comes to stuff like that.
1: Well, there are a lot of places that are still trying to decide that stuff. They're trying to set legal precedents in terms of, is it fair to ask someone to decrypt hard drives? Is that not the same as forcing them to testify against themselves?
0: Yeah. But do we have that here, the plead the fifth thing?
1: Not really. I was going to say kind of in terms of you can just no comment your way through a police interview and you can just refuse to testify at trial. But I think they can compel some information from you. I feel like I I know a great deal more about US law yeah. than they do about British Isn't that law.
0: Weird? Is that because we're just so interested in like me and you specifically, like we are fascinated by America. Um and so it is does kind of have that element of like if if I can only learn one thing, I want to learn more about that rather than learning stuff here. Yeah. Like, when we talk about politics, I feel like I know way more about politics in terms of, like, the U.S. and yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: well, I kind of feel there's a part of me that just regards England and Britain as a lost cause <laughs> in terms of, like, the U.S. integral to its DNA, like, implanted in the very fabric of the society – is at least an ambition towards freedom, an ambition towards the greatest degree of liberty possible, whereas that's not present in British society as, like, a philosophical underpinning.
0: I don't dislike England or Britain in any way. I just... Mine really just comes from that, like, grass is greener type thing. Like, you always kind of want to get out of where you are to get to somewhere else. But at the same time, like, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, in a way I like being English, but maybe that's just because of the privilege of being yeah. English. Um, And I do have a kind of fascination with, like, old-timey like England Um, but yeah England now kind of depresses me a little bit Um,
1: I understand what you're saying it's better to live here than say Mozambique of course by comparison England is this incredible Elysium of privilege and comfort and surplus but I think you can still draw those fine distinctions and some of them are not even so fine, not even so small. The difference for me will always be that America was founded with certain principles that are nigh ineradicable and to a very large degree unalterable, And there are a lot of problems inherent with revering a 300-year-old founding document as if it was the sacrosanct inerrant word of some divine wisdom but it does mean that there's these bedrock principles that you can't just discard at will whereas here incredibly there's the idiocy of people somehow celebrating our quote-unquote unwritten constitution and people saying oh it's so much better that we don't have a written concrete defined constitution that we have to abide and i think even a cursory comparison will show you that it's much better to have enshrined in writing from the get-go these certain things that you know that successive government administrations are not going to be able to just fling by the wayside because they're inconvenient and so to me, that is the core difference that makes America much better.
0: So you're saying that you prefer that America has all these rules and that you don't like that England doesn't have the rules. Just to put it in simple terms.
1: I guess that's a way to put it. I don't know if that but, really...
0: But you've even said yourself before, like adhering to these like constitutions that were written 300 years ago, never changing them or whatever, that that's ridiculous. So I don't understand.
1: I'm not saying it's ridiculous. It could be ridiculous. It's just fortunate that many of the precepts that the American founders revered in terms of we have to, as a basis going forward, protect certain liberties and we need to ensure that there are freedoms that can't ever be infringed if it hadn't been the case that they'd gotten it right if they'd written this crazy insane document where everyone has to wear pink hats and ride on cows it would be bad then because the founding principles were bad it's just fortunate that the founding principles were on balance pretty damn good but at the same time i am also someone who is very amenable to the idea of calling a new constitutional convention and modernizing the constitution to a certain degree because when you have perspectives that came up with rules 300 years ago it's often going to be very difficult to translate that to a modern world with all the advancements in technology and all the differences in society so i do like the idea of being able to update it being able to adapt it to modern times and not having these really arduous, onerous requirements, like whatever it is, three quarters of Congress has to ratify a new amendment. I think when you get to that stage, it becomes essentially impossible to update this, in some cases, archaic system of rules.
0: Going back to what you just said, are you saying that you think England doesn't have, like... You're talking about protecting like certain kind of civil liberties. You think that England doesn't do that?
1: It doesn't do it in the same way. Example? Well, for example, there's no fundamental protection for, say, freedom of speech like there is in America. Whenever anyone tries to, say, pass some legislation limiting people's ability to express themselves there's always this very strong recourse of saying well the first amendment to our constitution which is our most important set of guiding principles says that you can't do that and so it's easy to shoot it down whereas here because we have a quote-unquote unwritten constitution which is a completely absurd malleable idea when someone tries to do something like that Becomes this more wishy-washy grey area of people saying, well, our culture really does kind of revere the idea of being able to express yourself however you want. Mm. And people have gotten used to being able to do that. And so, you know, we'd really prefer if you didn't. Mm. It's much less direct and ironclad in terms of being able to resist that type of thing legally.
0: What are some of the amendments that you don't agree with or wish that they would change?
1: There's none that, like, are egregious. But, for example, do we really still need the amendment that says that the government can't quarter soldiers in your house? You're talking about things that made sense. And you can say, well, it doesn't matter because it's not applicable today. It doesn't come into play. But when you have something like that, a written constitution, you want it to be as lean as possible, where there is no superfluous things you leave in just because it's grandfathered in and mm. no one really has well, the think will that to dilutes change
0: it. it because the argument could be you're trying to say oh the first amendment or whatever but isn't it true that we only use four of the yeah, amendments yeah. and there are 57 or whatever yeah I know what like saying. it becomes then really this document that we only half use or that's very outdated because of all these things that don't come into play Um, Well that's what I'm saying I'm for paring it down They should like modernise it But I worry then that by modernising it (laughs) There will be like Okay we'll keep the First Amendment But then there are all these sub-rules of like Only if it doesn't hurt someone But it's like Most people's Not most people's (laughs) It's funny when you let your mouth say things When you don't really think about it There's you know often going to be People's Free speech or whatever that does hurt someone yeah. somewhere in the world. So you can't really have rules like that.
1: And of course, there's all these nightmarish scenarios where people say, well, the Republicans control the Senate right now and the House, and there's a Republican president. So if we were to call a constitutional convention, you know, there'd be a new amendment, mm. say, that outlawed abortion.
0: Yeah, there's never going to be like a right time for everyone. Yeah. To do it. Although, let's be clear, it's better if the Democrats do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just like the most naked partisanry. But that does kind of lend credence to the idea that we should never touch it, because they got it right in the first place, which is kind of incredible if you think about it when it's 300 years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because the ones that we don't use, we don't need.
1: Yeah, it's kind of worked out in this happy accident type of way, where we just ignore the ones that have become outdated or useless
0: but obviously there are some that will always be yeah yeah but that's why you don't want to start playing with it because like we said you always there's always going to be someone that wants to take away a right yeah rather than give more rights which is like what you were saying earlier with the privacy thing they're never just going to be like okay that's it now We've you've got enough rights or whatever. Yeah. Someone's always going to want to take away something.
1: Yeah. That, in my mind, is just an inevitable impulse that government is going to have. It's always going to try to become more and more powerful, more and more invasive, to have more control over its citizens. And so that's why when people see it as kind of paranoid to use say an encrypted chat app you almost don't know how to respond you almost have to just silently guffaw because for example in the wake of the Edward Snowden leaks what was disclosed there is that at least in the US and almost certainly elsewhere in the western world the intelligence services are very indiscriminate about how they surveil people they have these dragnet approaches where they collect everyone's information just completely indiscriminately with no precision whatsoever. And then they pick through it at will as their whim determines. And so people that have this idea that, well, they're never gonna spy on me because I'm never gonna do something bad enough for them to need to do that. I'm always gonna keep on the straight and narrow and I'll never attract that kind of attention what you have to understand is it's going to happen to you regardless of whether you're just a normal person living your life, never breaking any laws whatsoever, or whether you're a bank robber. It doesn't matter. They now have this attitude where it's okay for them to just surveil everyone in every way they can, in almost this kind of nearing totalitarian philosophy. And they will work through it in a more or less targeted way, depending on who they specifically want to look at, but they've already collected the information itself.
0: Yeah, because it's that type of thinking of like, I don't have anything to hide, that will kind of get you into trouble, especially if they're saying, you know, obviously from their end, they want to be able to just, I think anyway take a peek whenever they think something's going down or whether they, I mean, it might not even be you that they want to look at. They want to look at someone else, but you're communicating with them. But if you don't ever put any of these things into play, um, then they're always going to be able to spy on whoever via other people. Um, So it is that way of thinking that kind of will get people's almost like rights taken away. Obviously, with things like WhatsApp and stuff and iPhones, they're already encrypted. But, you know, so many people use, like, Facebook, for instance, and that's probably not encrypted. No, of course not. Yeah. So, there's always stuff in terms of, like, Facebook and, like, privacy issues going around. Um, And, you know, we recently started using a VPN for things. That sounds (laughs) (laughs) touching.
2: yeah
1: as we were setting up our elaborate opium trade yeah transatlantic
0: but it is like a good habit to kind of get into yeah. because you do want things to be private even if that you know something doesn't have to be illegal for you to want it to be private you just as a human being want to have those privileges
1: yeah because like we said everyone gets caught up in the dragnet approach Everyone's emails gets collected or everyone's metadata about their phone calls gets collected. Or even closer to home here in the UK with the quote unquote Snoopers charter, the government is forcing the ISPs to collect 12 months of everyone's internet usage. So all the websites you go on. The ISPs have to store that information and then the government can step in and access it whenever it wants. So They're no longer relying upon this rhetoric of there being a causal relation in terms of we have found something out about you that makes us suspicious and gives us good reason to want to look closer at your life. And then after that, we take the steps necessary to do so. It's now become a case of we'll just collect all the information, we'll surveil you in all ways, and then later on down the road, we might retroactively have a reason to look at the information that we've collected without having a reason in the first place
0: so are they saying that they are actually going to take that data or are they just going to take it if they need to like if if our internet providers are going to keep um information on us for 12 mo- what is the 12 months thing they keep it for 12 months and then what
1: and then allegedly they delete it and start getting
0: so they've only ever got a year of you yeah, on file at one the, time. But that's The surely, story being told. So obviously we hope that they're not going to look at it unless they need to. But because of the rule, they can look at it at any time. Yeah. And that's not what you that's not what anyone wants because you don't like the idea that people can spy on you whenever they want to is disturbing yes it
1: makes you feel uneasy people should have a fundamental right to privacy yeah
0: no one should have that much power honestly yeah
1: pretty much like i said it's nearing a sort of totalitarian approach where the government arrogates to itself the right to interfere in a very aggressive direct way in any aspect of a regular citizen's life whenever it chooses for pretty much whatever reason it decides. That's a very dangerous Orwellian route for us to progress down. And people are not alarmed enough. Usually the the problem is there's this alarmist, sensationalist approach to telling people about this. But right now, it seems like people are just sleepwalking, even though all this information is out there. Like I said, the Snowden leaks about what is going on people have just become so laissez-faire about this where it's like yeah everyone makes jokes about hey the government is probably reading this email right now lol but they don't do anything about it because they don't take Mm. it seriously because it hasn't become immediate concrete reality to them
0: yet but then there's the other end of it where you know the government has access to you whenever they want and so you live your life as like a paranoid mess Yeah, because you think everyone's listening to your phone calls, everyone's reading your chats, everyone knows what porn you're looking at, etc. Um, So you just end up as this like really kind of like wired, like paranoid person um, and that's not good either. Yeah, that's and the
1: that, other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And I understand that People will sometimes protest that it's just too much of an inconvenience to employ all of these tools that help protect your privacy. It's not convenient to use Bitcoin. It's not convenient to encrypt all your emails. It's not convenient to encrypt all your text messages. It's not convenient to always use a VPN. There are these costs of extra time and extra effort, and you have to teach yourself how to use them. And that's why I really like what is right now this burgeoning phenomenon of it's just baked in to services. Yeah. Like the iPhone (laughs) is encrypted by default or the iMessage app is encrypted by default. And maybe we could progress to a point where, say, the major internet browsers say we use a VPN service by default and it's set up by us and maintained by us and you just (coughs) download whatever it is, Chrome or Firefox or Opera, and you just use the internet as you usually would, but it's now protected by these additional layers of privacy. Or for example, something like Amazon could say, we now have a system set up where when you send us a payment for something, we process it through Bitcoin without you even noticing. And in that way, we help protect the privacy of your transactions when we get to that point where it's not difficult or inconvenient to do anymore, like I said, I think that's when the government is going to react very heavy-handedly, very belligerently. They're going to see it as a very dire threat to their control.
0: I think some people just see any kind of change as inconvenient, because it's really not inconvenient. It's not like you have to write a piece of code before you send every email. You don't even have to do anything before you send every email. You just... Set up this system where everything you do is through a VPN. You make sure all your kind of chat apps are encrypted if your phone isn't already encrypted, like the iPhone. Um, And you're good to go. Like, it's not like you've got to do this strenuous thing before every single piece of information gets sent from you. Um, And so I do think there is that idea of like, yeah, but I don't want to have to do that or whatever. Because people are kind of caught up in that sense that, like, well, they're not looking at me. They're not spying on me. No one cares about what I'm doing. Um, But I think if people could just really see that, like, from that stance of, like, no, the government's eating away at our...
1: Civil liberties. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people, at a certain point, all the technology around them just kind of fades into the background and they don't notice anymore they forget the fact that always in their pocket or in their hand there's a device that has a camera and a microphone Mm. and whatever you send from it in terms of text or voice messages can be tracked or recorded or diverted or whatever it is or they have a smart tv that has a microphone or they have a laptop that has a camera or whatever it is there's so many advantages to surrounding yourself with this cocoon of technology but it also comes with an associated peril in terms of if you do have a government that is overzealous saying we should be able to surveil you in a very intense way, you then are very vulnerable to that happening because you can't just cast away all technology without it having a very detrimental effect on your everyday life. But I think probably the bigger problem is just a general complacency, like I talked about earlier. I wish people were more passionate, more fired up, and saw it as an affront to their own individual freedom. And I wish people valued the ideal of privacy, especially in an absolute sense where the government can't, if it wants to, infringe upon it whenever it wants. I wish people would look at that and say that's as important as my freedom of speech that's as important as freedom of religion or free inquiry or whatever it is whereas people have just kind of accepted that of course privacy is going to get eroded in the technological age and of course as we move towards embracing technology being interwoven into every aspect of our lives of course there's going to be these drawbacks of the government you know is collecting all our emails and all our phone calls and watching through all the webcams and listening through all the microphones around us and that's just an inevitable byproduct you just have to deal with it and after all there's no problem if you're not doing anything wrong i just see too much of that right now and i hope that i will see a lessening of that as more and more disclosures are made about how egregious the government spying really is
0: wow i agree with you i wish people were more passionate about it and did kind of realize the truths of it
1: the problem is it's all behind the scenes it's all invisible in your everyday mundane existence you don't see the fact that there's some guy sitting behind a computer in some bunker filled with servers who's scanning through your every email just in case you turn out to be doing something illicit or something that requires some legal intervention if everyone could see if there was like a live feed of people looking at your information and you could (laughs) see that and it becomes very unignorably real to you i think would be in a very different landscape of fighting for that spectrum of civil liberties
0: wow i don't know if that was a thing
1: that would be interesting
0: it's like we're now looking at the region of so they even know that they're you're in they're in your region looking at you know
1: i don't think they do it region by no, region I know, but i couldn't think of it's the not my like head. we're now looking at london yeah.
0: well, we're combing through be. everyone
1: in london's emails
0: it might be like that how else would they do it <laughs>
1: It's a good Look, question. Look, they're
0: simple-minded like me, okay?
1: It could be. <laughs> shall we move on to the yeah. final topic of discussion?
0: We shall. We will. We'll Dispense
1: do. with all the self-important bloviating.
0: Bloviating.
1: Blovi- do you think blowfishes bloviate?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you really shut down to put it fucking that simple. language game. Okay, so... Mm. You're blowfish it up now.
0: You're gulling it up
1: is that not a word? No,
0: I don't think
1: so. We talked about this before. Is "gotten" a word? No.
0: Yeah, I remember being in. i have a very distinct memory from. Um, God, I'm going to sound like such an asshole, but I had when I did. Okay, let's start from the beginning. I when I was in college, not america's college if that makes sense but college before university
1: high school it, for americans or the final years of high school
0: oh yeah i guess it is yeah. like a levels um, that doesn't help americans nah, whatever. <laughs> um i I did took a film class and i had to basically like analyze a script and my teacher was very like complimentary about my writing but he kept but He pointed out he was like you keep saying gotten and gotten's not a word it's an american thing as so i think maybe it is there but it's not And here.
1: you knee him with a hammer right
0: yeah i did
1: and you said tell me about language now <laughs> As you stood over him he hammer was raised he's a very
0: strange guy sure you know who he looked like no you know that Character on Futurama, the old guy, the the one who wears a lab coat. Right. He makes me think of him.
1: That's incredible.
0: But he used to cycle to college every day. Right. So even though he was like really old, and he was 104, he had this like fold up bike.
1: He was very sprightly for a man passing. And he was just kind of
0: like a weird dude. And then, but then I really liked him, I guess, because he complimented my work. Kind of made me like him.
1: One time you patted him on the back and his bones turned to dust.
0: What? You're so offensive.
1: I don't think I am. Ages. Once you get past 100, you're infinitely what? frail.
0: No. He wasn't. No. You can be stronger than 100.
1: I mean, maybe. You're not running marathons, though, or doing powerlifting.
0: Hashtag health at any age.
1: You're not climbing mountains.
0: <laughs> maybe you are.
1: Running with the balls. Where am I going with this? I don't know. Okay. topic. My stomach keeps rumbling.
0: (laughs) Mine does as well. And
1: it's very loud to me. I don't know if it's going to be picked up by the microphone. We
0: always talk about how hungry we are on the podcast, and people just must be like, don't you eat? Like, you know?
1: Yeah, but we do this in the space between breakfast and. And lunch, yeah. And so, yeah, you start to realize, like, oh, God, I really want to eat now. Yeah. Okay.
0: We do have like snack breaks.
1: We're going off the rails.
0: Yeah, okay, give me the topic. Bring it
1: back. So, I saw an article on the Guardian, an opinion piece. What else? Entitled "Sews shouldn't be jails. Let's reimagine them and enjoy animals in the wild." And I thought this was actually quite a interesting and forward-thinking assessment of the very idea of what a zoo is and how it can evolve in the modern technology enriched age. The author goes through the pros and cons of the zoo system as it stands right now, where on the one hand it's good because it helps educate the public about wildlife and about animals in a way that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do because you know lions don't I naturally don't think reside in
0: that's England That's true. That's saying you can't learn about lions without seeing a lion.
1: You're jumping ahead.
0: Okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs>
1: and also it's good in terms of a conservation effort where you can take endangered animals that would otherwise completely perish in the wild and you can rear them by hand in the environment of captivity so you can ensure that they keep breeding and in turn you can help propagate this otherwise diminished population. So he says on the one hand you've got that which is good but then the obvious downside is it's cruel to keep animals that would otherwise want to roam these big open spaces in what are essentially cages subjecting them to very unnatural Circumstances, environment, subjecting them to an endless stream of gawking onlookers tapping on the glass and trying to get them to do funny things so they could take a selfie and mm. go viral on Reddit. And so the author kind of envisions a new form of zoo where it's completely virtual, where you put on a VR headset and say you control a drone with a camera flying over the savannah of Africa and You watch the herds of lions a herd of lions is called a pride right I want to say Yeah. you watch these majestic creatures in their natural environment and in that way you're actually observing them in a much more interesting and compelling way because they're not just sulking in the corner of their pen at the zoo because they're depressed because they want to be able to hunt antelopes and whatnot on the plains you actually get to see them as they actually are and so the author says we should start thinking about alternatives like that because it would be much more humane in terms of how we approach watching these animals and it would also ensure that there's not just this endless loop of taking animals from the wild where they should be and putting them in artificial environments
0: i used to love going to the zoo as a kid but i think that was more like my dad was taking me and i enjoyed spending time with him and i think in my mind that translated as i enjoyed the zoo because now as an adult when i think about zoos i kind of do get a bit sad um just because, you know, they have like electric fences and they are kind of in quite a small space compared to what they would naturally know and who knows what goes on behind the scenes in terms of like how they're treated. Um, And then there's other aspects of the zoo where certain animals come out and they do tricks and things and that I think is horrendous. Forcing an animal to constantly kind of do the same thing over and over again in order to get kind of, like, fed. Because that's how you're rewarded. So, surely in their mind they're going to be like, I might not get fed if I don't do this. That's, like, torture and punishment to me. And it's not something I want to see. I don't want to see an animal doing a trick. Um, So, more and more I really dislike the idea of zoos. However, I do... Like the idea of a sanctuary, like, for instance, for endangered animals or um, maybe because we do have zoos, animals that used to be at zoos or in the circus. Um, and that's kind of their transition, really, isn't it, from that life to a more kind of like wildlife. And also sanctuaries aren't really... I mean, I think you can go to a sanctuary, but it's not like a zoo where there's a constant stream of people. So I like the idea of a sanctuary much more for those types of reasons much more than I like the idea of zoo. And I do think that whole VR thing is going to be a thing just because of the way technolo- technology advances. I think that's going to happen anyway. And the more kind of access we have to things like VR and also drones but i don't know that it's going to take the place of a zoo yeah. because i think it's always going to come down to supply and demand if people want to if people keep going to zoos they're not going to close the zoo why would they because most people's most important thing is money it's not should there be zoos yeah so unless like the government is like I'm outlawing zoos. Then there's all, then there's always going to be. Like a zoo. you said,
1: I like it's a a person yeah, named yeah, yeah. Jonathan Government. Well,
0: it is, really, isn't it? Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so I can't see them kind of going away.
1: Yeah, I don't see them being outlawed. I just think it's at least conceivable that there may be this shift in public opinion where people do start to see zoos as this very distasteful, Mm. almost kind of evil institution that has somehow hung on since the Victorian times, where people didn't fully understand animals' capacity for suffering. Whereas now we do have a much more sophisticated and deep comprehension of what it means to keep say, a dolphin in a small enclosure and force it into the monotony of coming up and doing tricks for crowds of people. We know that that does cause them a great degree of unhappiness and it does cause them to, I guess you could say, become depressed in the same way a human would become depressed if you took them from where they actually wanted to be, put them in front of Endless crowds of onlookers and force them to do Something over and over and over again For cheap entertainment
0: I feel like A bit of a hypocrite sometimes Because I'm about to say how Horrendous it is That people still Selfishly say things Like oh I want to swim with a dolphin Or I want you know the dolphin To fucking Do this amazing trick, and I want to, you know, I think that's horrendous. But I also know that I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I eat meat. And I know that we've talked about before the different, like, you know, people feeling though there's a difference between certain types of animals. But ultimately, I do kind of feel like a bit of a hypocrite because they do eat meat, and I'm not making any steps, and I have no desires. To kind of want to stop eating meat, other than I wish I was a better person in terms of like the will that that takes. Um, but I also do believe in kind of doing the least amount of damage, and I don't think it should be. Well, I eat meat, so why should I kind yeah, of care the flood about flood stuff? Are just yeah,
2: open.
0: I think if you can do the kind of least amount of damage in your life, that's. I guess you could say is comfortable for you then you are still reducing the harm like I don't need to go and see an elephant do tricks you know I don't need to swim with dolphins I don't even really want to some people have that desire but I think if they really took a step back and was like do I really need to do this but no one's saying that yeah. instead they're saying pay us $15 and you can do it like so even though part of it's supply and demand i think part of it also should come from the other side like make it harder to do maybe so that like things like sea world and things like that they'd like they have those types of places everywhere but maybe they shouldn't be marketed as like these huge like touristy type Places, um, but again, who's gonna turn away the money? No, no one's gonna turn away the money, so unless it's like some kind of like law or because they make people aware that it's cruel, but who doesn't know that it's cruel? Like, I
1: think a lot of people just don't think about that's it. That's what I mean. Like, but people know. Thing,
0: like, if they if they did think about it, they would know. The animal's not just going to decide to do that trick every day on its own.
1: I know, but isn't it the exact same thing as you know that an animal had to be killed for your meat, but you don't think about it? I think it's the exact same yeah. psychological mechanism as that. It's very self-serving. Well,
0: no, I think it's slightly different because, you know, I... Eating meat is like a natural, a lot of people would argue, is a natural thing as humans that we do. I've also been doing it for 32 years. so You're doing it in the womb? You know what I mean. That's different to his like a attraction that you might yeah. go to once a year like that's different to something that is seen as like natural slash is in kind of ingrained yeah. in a lot of people zoo
1: is just a trivial amusement
0: yeah whereas for a, lo- a lot of people believe that you can't get the things you need without eating meat um so there there are different more kind of yeah of course it's arguments. different um So I don't think it's the same. And maybe I don't want to see it as the same because I, you know.
1: Well, you find it easy not to go to zoos because you don't like the idea itself. And so there's always going to be that desire to say, well, I'm doing some good by not doing this. I think the problem is always going to be that people have probably understandably a desire to see things up close yeah and in physical proximity, like not just an image projected on a screen, they want it to be an object in front of them, even if it's separated by a pane of glass. They want to say that they went to visit the lion. they don't want to say I went to a place and put on goggles, and a camera ten thousand miles mm-hmm. away showed me a video even if it's a live video, it's happening at the exact same time. There's always going to be that disconnect where I think people are going to always privilege the actual proximity of the experience. You can say it's the same thing because in each case you're just seeing a lion, but there is that added element of I was there and it was there and we were there together.
0: No, you are right. And I am going to kind of take back a little bit of what I said when I was like... When I basically was like, I can't relate to people who want to like swim with dolphins. I didn't say those words, but it, it was kind of implied. I do have kind of like a dream of getting to meet an elephant and like possibly having them pick me up or like <laughs> with their trunk or like spray me with water. And I guess in a way that's the equivalent, the elephant equivalent of like swimming with dolphins. Oh. We um, went down very different. What roof did you go down? <laughs> um
1: That's how they greet you.
0: Sure. Um, but I guess the difference is I don't need it, and I know I don't need it, and I'm not completely sure that I would do it because I even though I want to, because I would worry about the emotional effect it has upon an elephant because if i want to do that then surely across the year lots of other people are going to do that and that's the same as swimming with dolphins or whatever and i'm saying that that's like horrendous so even though i do want to do it i'm backtracking and saying i can relate but i don't think ultimately i would do it um
1: but then as a thought experiment are you saying you would feel it was okay or it was fine or it was justified or whatever if it was essentially a zoo for you only only so you, no one else had done yeah it. so you don't have to worry about 365 days a year this elephant is subjected to eight hours a day of people climbing on it and taking photos and touching its trunk you don't have to worry about that greater context of um unhappiness and suffering you just go and see the elephant and you're the only person who sees it would that then
0: on the surface that's a great way for me to be like of course because then you know but no i still if i'm really trying to be my most thoughtful and like real i i think i i wouldn't still wouldn't do it because what i'm trying to think about is the elephant doesn't want it yeah the elephant the elephant is going to be taught to do it and then rewarded for it in a way because that's an elephant that the elephant very well might read as i have to do this or i won't get fed and i don't ever want to be a part of something like that because it's cruel yeah. And we don't know what the elephant really is thinking. And to think that like I might contribute to that sadness in some way is really horrible. But it makes me cry.
1: When we talk about <laughs> the animals that we worry about suffering in a zoo, so you have these very charismatic types of animals where you have an elephant which is like this very imposing presence. It's like this noble creature that everyone has this interest in and respect for. Or a lion where we all anthropomorphize it as this brave hunter and blah, blah, blah. You have these animals that really get our attention and get us to extend our empathy to them. And so we say, no, no, we can't possibly have a zoo where these incredible creatures that we find so fascinating and so likeable are mistreated. But then... You can have endless slaughterhouses of cows and pigs because cows and pigs we don't relate to or find Why'd you do it? valuable in the same way.
0: No, I absolutely see that. I absolutely see that. But I am a hypocrite. And going back to what you said, I don't think about it. Part of that is because it's ingrained in me from my earliest memory is um and a part of me does kind of see it as a natural thing um a natural thing in terms of like a way to get the things that we need for our bodies um and then the other part of it is that i don't have the i know i don't have the will to be vegetarian or vegan. Um, So I'm a hypocrite. And I don't really know how to... What's the word?
1: Rectify that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to change it. and also don't know how to accept it, to be honest. My accepting is just not thinking about it.
1: Maybe this is all just one long period of you coming to terms with it. And when you're 45, you'll finally have reached that point of haven't figured it all out and...
0: By then, they'll be growing chickens without using chicken. Where you'll be so vegetarian.
1: Is I'll, that what you think? I'll just
0: be eating that chicken.
1: Artificial meat.
0: I eat chicken in every meal. Yeah. Like, without fail. So, I don't know how to not eat chicken.
1: The problem is, is right mine. now, it's like something crazy, like a $100,000 for a burger-shaped amount of meat that's grown solely in a laboratory... So I fear that it may be some time before it becomes when I'm 85 then, feasible and I on can't the consumer eat food level anymore. Yeah. But my what I was trying to say was if even if you take the killing out of it, say you had a zoo where it was all whatever farmed animals, cows and pigs and chickens, would you anguish over their suffering in the same way as you would dolphins and whales and giraffes?
0: I think it's is slightly different partly because I do now see those animals differently. But if but I don't see them differently in that there are places you can go, I don't really know what they're called. You can go to farms. Like I've been to farms. Like just last year I went with my mum. Like she took me to like this There was, like, a tea room and, like, you know, and then there was a farm that you could walk around and there was chickens and cows and a pig and stuff. And it was, it was fine. I do admit it wasn't as exciting as a zoo, but that's because you know you could go and see a cow anytime you want in somewhere like England, like... You know, we just get on the train to go and see your family and we see the cows like
1: Plentiful It's not livestock. as
0: exciting, but if I think about the animals suffering, I'm still saddened the same amount as a cow suffering than
1: an elephant suffering. Is that really true though?
0: Yes, because when I think about it, it's horrific. Yeah. But that's why I don't think about it. <laughs> Because I don't want to think about the, all the chickens I've eaten, the sad fucking chickens. No. I don't want to think about it, and so I don't think about it. And because of the society we live in, I don't have to think about it. And that's just the sad fucking truth, honestly.
1: Indeed. But then if you, if the choice was posed to you, do you think you could make the sacrifice in terms of there's some deal with the devil, which okay. is completely impossible to get out of once you've agreed to it that you have to make a decision between getting to see an elephant in real life up close in a natural encounter and you know it's a it's not a wild elephant because it would just trample you and maul you with its tusks it's a trained elephant like you'd find in a zoo that you can go up to and you can have a kind of nice experience with because it's docile and it will do what you want it to do or you can do this v r zoo idea where you get to watch a herd of elephants do their daily routine of washing and tramping across the savanna and finding food and all that good stuff from thirty feet in the air via an aerial drone, and if you do that, you will never get to meet an elephant up close in person are you would you be willing to make that sacrifice?
0: Yes. Why is twofold. One, I don't think I'm ever going to meet an elephant again. Again, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to meet an elephant e- anyway. But the other more important reason is I actually think it's more, it would be more exciting. Like when you see like nature documentaries and things and they have gotten up close, that's really exciting because you get to see them doing what they would do without any interference. And VR makes you feel like you're there, right? So I think I would give it up, because I can imagine meeting an elephant and just being incredibly anxious and scared and worried that I'm hurting it, and that it would hurt me. Yeah. Um, And I'd only do it once, and it wouldn't last very long. Whereas a VR thing, no one's getting hurt, it's still quite an experience because you feel like you're there and you're really up close. Um, plus, you're getting to it to just to, to see it do things with its like family of elephants. So, I think ultimately, I would give it up.
1: Wow, that's very virtuous of you. Would you? I don't really care that much about
0: well, not elephants, but your kind of.
1: I don't really have an animal that's the equivalent where. It... It's like I have to see a a killer whale up close or I have to see a gazelle up close. Like I I don't particularly care for the idea of zoos, but it's almost kind of a moot point in that I don't have any strong desire to go there anyway. And so me saying, oh, I'm going to forswear the whole idea of animal captivity is kind of pointless because I don't have this deeply howled dream of of doing it anyway
0: I'm obsessed with elephants
1: you do love yourself a good elephant
0: I used to have like a lot of elephant like ornaments and stuff but because we live in such a small space I don't really have them anymore because there's nowhere to put them
1: when you say I had lots it sounds like you've got like a shelf full of elephant porcelain statues and posters and stuff like that Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because whenever my mom ever went anywhere, she would buy me an elephant something. Because she knew you liked yeah. them. Yeah. And I would also get them for, like, birthdays and Christmases. So I had, like, you... I've still got a couple. One's up there, Yeah, right? I know. Um, But I had, like, a big... Like, a couple of really big pieces. And there's nowhere to put them. So I don't have them anymore. I mean, I didn't throw them out. I think they're, like, at my mom's in the attic or whatever. But, um... And I also basically said let's ease up on the elephant buying because I don't have anywhere to put them.
1: I'm becoming a crazy elephant lady. Yeah,
0: so now it was just like the it's just the occasional thing and I'm much more into like cute things now like not that elephants aren't cute, but like, you know, you know like Hello Kitty stuff. Like sure. if I'm going to get like a like a figure of some kind, it's going to be like pink <laughs> and cute.
1: You did buy that stuffed elephant baby that one time. What? Huh?
0: What are you talking You're about? You're a poacher? <laughs> oh, yeah, like a like taxidermy? Yeah. Horrific.
1: It's already dead.
0: But it might have been killed for its...
1: Yeah, very possible. <sighs> there was a horrific story the other day, which... Do I want
0: to know?
1: It's not about elephants. Okay. Although I guess it's kind of in the same... Ish family of big horned. Is it to do with a rhino? Are you trying
0: to say that rhinos and (laughs) elephants are the same?
1: (laughs) They're both big and grey and they have big horned. Elephants aren't always grey though. Whatever. Anyway, this just testifies to the dangers of zoos and keeping all these animals kept cooped up in one place. But there's this crazy story, I think in France, where poachers broke into a zoo Mm. and shot a rhino dead and sawed off. Yes, I did its horn, see this. Which is like the most brazen <sighs> act of robbery and animal cruelty imaginable.
0: You know when you're like scrolling through somewhere like Reddit and so you are quickly just you're quickly skimming basically what the title or headline is to see if you want to click on it. I hate that type of thing because then I'll come across a story like that.
2: And it's already and So I had no way of not seeing onwards. it.
0: Yeah, and that's just one of the downsides of like going on something like that. Yeah. But I always have to like hide it so I don't see it again because, especially things that fucking autoplay. If there's like a gif of it or a video of it or something, I'm like, I d- didn't give consent for <laughs> you to show me that. Honestly, <laughs> this is eye rape. Yeah. And so, yeah, so yeah,
1: it's pretty it's sad crazy. thinking
0: about the animals. But I'm also gonna eat some chicken in the next half an hour. Yeah, so
1: that's true. Chickens aren't endangered, though. Maybe that's the yeah. But is that point of contention
0: okay to say? Like, you can eat them because there's an endless They're supply plentiful. of them. Like, there's that's chicken kind overpopulation. Horrible, okay, we need yeah. to thin
1: the herd with their tasty, tasty chicken Imagine recipes. If chicken did what?
0: somehow become endangered like you couldn't eat them anymore because they had like
1: <laughs> like some kind of
0: disease bird
1: flu wiped yeah. out the majority yeah, yeah, of them yeah. that would be a, a strange how
0: would i survive honestly yeah what would I there'd
1: be like a black market for chicken breasts
0: <laughs> someone somewhere had one yeah. chicken that didn't no because they have to make it's have protected to have by like a or chickens those types of animals that just have eggs no, because how do they get fertilized? Like, I sound so dumb. Oh my God. Educate me, people. Educate me.
1: Who do you think is going to write in? A chicken biologist?
0: Know. Someone who knows how chickens have sex.
1: That's a dangerous yeah. doorway to open. I don't want
0: to see that. I can only imagine Please, internet
1: strangers, to. send me videos of <laughs> get chicken porn. Yeah. Yeah. Just
0: made myself feel a little bit gross,
1: a little bit queasy. Yeah. We've reached that point where we start saying nonsense.
0: Yeah, we should probably.
1: It's been a good one. It has been good. It's been interesting. There was
0: a. I always feel very diversity of topics. Yeah, I always feel very kind of like contemplative. Is that a right word? Yeah. I always feel very contemplative. Contemplative. You've got the word right. The love of God.
2: Get to the point. (laughs) I
0: always feel contemplative after this. I mean, not that I. I feel like that's a stupid thing to say oh, because man. you're always thinking of pull
1: things. Up, pull up. You're going to hit the mountains. But you know what hit I mean? the ejector seat.
0: <laughs> this is what happens when I'm hungry, okay? Yeah. Um, but I do always feel like I have so much stuff to think about that I'm not thinking about on a daily basis. And that's what I like about, like trying to put all these next things next to each other because they do kind of like link in with each other in a way because of the type of things that we talk about. And I enjoy that.
1: Being forced to talk about this stuff in a very prolonged structured way is kind of like a mental exercise. Yeah,
0: it is. You also don't always know your stance on something. And like I did in this podcast, I,
1: Revised things.
0: I revised things, and I was a hypocrite, um, (laughs) you know. And that's fine. That's okay because that's, I think, is just a part of.
1: Like you said, when do you otherwise think about the ethics of zookeeping?
0: Yeah, well, no, you do, I guess. But like, it is definitely unless you are kind of a person that that's like your job in some kind of way, or you're like an activist for like animals or whatever. You then it is something that is just kind of going to slip away into the things that you barely think about, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. That's just kind of inevitable, though. Yeah. Most people have to worry about mortgage payments. Yeah, it is
0: out of sight, out of mind. Working their
1: job yeah. and looking after their kids. They don't have time to navel-gaze about obscure issues. I don't issues. like
0: that, that term. do you know where that
1: term arises from I looked up the word navel gaze a few days ago because I wanted to see it's something along the lines of the Greeks when they would get into kind of like you were talking about contemplative moods philosophical mm. musings they would did you just hear those geese outside (laughs) loud geese going past our window they're
0: going to the the pond at the park the lake
1: they're so keys. loud with they are loud. squawking and they're honking.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. They would get into a position where they would end up staring at their stomachs. And so... So
0: they would curl up, like, you know... You know,
1: like, the classic... This is a terrible way to explain this because no one can see. But you know the classic statue of the thinker uh, okay. where he has his forehead his on down. his fist and yeah, he's looking yeah, yeah. down? And so it kind of... The word evolved yeah. from that
0: not very clever really is it
1: how clever do you want it to navel
0: be navel gaze because i don't know i just Navel's don't it's like a weird it.
1: word for it is brain. who
0: uses navel i like navel doctors i guess i don't know i, I don't, don't think like
1: doctors it. use do they
0: well yeah they like maybe like a plastic surgeon right like <laughs> we'll just make an incision here your navel if you were
1: getting a navel tuck yeah I want my navel yeah, to be more you, pert and the, round. The doctor's
0: not going to say belly button. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know.
1: What we, are we talking about? I
0: don't know. We've definitely entered some kind of...
1: <sighs> if you've made it this far in the podcast, we salute yeah. your stamina. We salute <laughs> your patience for nonsense and yeah, and tangents. And don't worry, it's coming to an end. It is coming to an end. You've almost clawed through the tunnel to the end. There's light. There's light. Keep going. Okay, so. I shall just readjust myself as one does. You should just readjust. In one's regal armchair. (laughs) That is a fucking regal armchair. Yeah.
0: All right, don't you even...
1: Don't I There's even a work? story, Don't but I it. decided not to go yeah. into it. Okay. So, we have some plugs that I'm totally not reading off a piece of paper. <laughs> I know they've been the exact same wording every yeah. time we've, we've done them, but that was completely coincidental. Everyone
0: stand up by now. No also. matter
1: how improbable that seems. Everything I'm about to say is completely Spontaneous. I'm just reeling it off extemporaneously. Okay, so, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And that is true, we really do. We really do. Please be so kind as to share it with anyone else in your circle of close friends.
0: Sharing is caring.
1: Who you think may like it. You can help expand our audience for exactly no pay. We'd love for you to do this unpaid labour on our behalf new episodes of the podcast are released about two to three weeks after the last one and that's the best we can do at the moment hopefully in some bright utopian future we'll get it down to a strict two-week schedule but that is not the reality we live in right now you can find the podcast on itunes and pretty much anywhere else you can find Podcasts, you can go searching far afield, (laughs) and I promise you that we will pop up most likely. Or you can go to rtatpodcast.com, which is spelled A R T A T podcast.com, which currently redirects to our SoundCloud page. Or alternatively, if you feel the need to turn this one way conversation into a dialogue, you can send any feedback or comments that you may have about our three-hour piece of performance art to rtatpodcast at com, and we will read them, I assure you, and recall in horror your stark, venomous criticism.
0: <laughs> I'll just be crying in the corner.
1: Yeah, I'll be consoling you, saying it's okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It does matter. They don't know anything about podcasts. (laughs) And finally, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And I know you've heard that so much that it is complete, meaningless, white noise. It doesn't even sound like English anymore. It's just incomprehensible sounds I make with my mouth. But it would really help us, make us more visible on iTunes. And so it would be a great gift from you to us and we'd very much appreciate a it
0: gift just in time for our birthdays
1: yeah they're coming up yeah they're fast approaching
0: they're only they're the day after each other yeah
1: so. we're linked it was yeah. meant to be it was meant we're to soulmates be. although you'd think that if we were soulmates it It'd would be, be on the, the same, same day. day
0: that would suck i don't want to. maybe share we're, my
1: wa- we're <laughs> one degree away from being perfect soulmates
0: Hey, why are we? I don't want to be a degree away. We well, one are one degree, is
1: still pretty good.
0: Yeah, but I think we're pretty fucking perfect as we are.
1: There's very precise
0: People synchronicity right between now. us. There is.
1: They're vomiting into their
0: hands. Yeah, I'm glad it's not on the same day. To be honest, because selfishly, and I think it's an allowed kind of selfish. I don't want to share my birthday. No. Yeah. With you or Tarantino. Sure. We have the same birthday. Okay. At least I think. I was at the same birthday as Nathan Fillion.
1: That's a much better... That is a much better... Birthday twinner.
0: Birthday twinner.
1: Twinsies. Hashtag Fillion. Let's have cake together.
0: Hashtag... If we're going to have something together, it's not going to be cake.
1: Easy does it. (laughs) That's my girl, Nathan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Pull up your dupes. Are you going to take on... Are you going to take on... Captain... (sighs) Oh, you're the Oh, worst. Captain Mal, I was just going to call Captain him. Mal. Reynolds? Yeah, Malcolm yeah. Reynolds.
1: That's a Firefly that's reference, a in case you don't know. But yeah, I'll we- engage in fisticuffs with that handsome Canadian scoundrel.
0: Yeah, he's very handsome. You're much more handsome than baby yeah, yeah
1: that's what they all say. <laughs> all my mistresses say that. Hey! Hey. I only have a few. Let's not get out of hand here.
0: <laughs> I'm going to lock you up. In the cupboard so no one can get at you
1: i'll still have snapchat on my phone
0: no I, can you i just i can't you no <laughs> you don't do things like that. your
1: brain just imploded as you tried to get that sentence out and you were just like i can't do it you don't use up.
0: snapchat like those common folk
1: no I've never used Snapchat myself. Well,
0: actually, you've used it in terms of every now and again, there's like a cute filter and I'm like, come and do this with me.
1: Yeah, and then... I do enjoy that from time to time when there's interesting
0: Yeah, But you don't ever ones. like send anyone. I just do it yeah. and then I save it and then that's it.
1: I feel like I'm always, because I don't use it often, every time we do that, I marvel at how good, wondrous de- yeah. this technology is where in real time they can overlay this... 3d mesh and make it look good and change the way your face looks and your voice sounds i know that everyone else this has become completely normalized (laughs) and not a big deal whatsoever but i am still in that state of mind where it amazes me and i told you that one time that i think the next evolution of that is going to be when they perfect it and you can put a real face on your face and in that way you could video chat with someone and you could actually play out a different person because your face would be someone else's all the little movements of the muscles would sync up Mm. all the mouth movements would sync up and you could completely deceive someone you could play this role perfectly with the benefit of this technology this is like a
0: whole other level of catfishing yeah before it's like yeah. we can't do video chat because you'll see what i look like yeah now it's like yeah but they video chatted man, i saw what they look like yeah but was it their real face yeah.
1: that's a really good point that's because creepy right now if you're one of those creepers who likes to yeah. pretend to be someone else on dating sites, you have to always be like oh sorry i'm too sick to video chat yeah, tonight yeah, or yeah my friends are coming round, or blah, blah, blah. This but then you bullshit. can just be like, but then the interesting quandary will be how attractive do you make yourself? Do you make yourself look like a supermodel? Yeah. Because wouldn't that be unrealistic or do you just not chill up a bit so you look a bit more attractive? You don't want to make it seem too fantastical. Like you have perfect, perfect bone structure and perfect features and perfect skin. Yeah, I
0: don't know. It's weird. People, everyone has, I mean, obviously there's a big portion of society that has a certain type of like, this is what beauty is. But then people kind of outside of that have such a preference for what they think is beautiful. Like, one of the filters on Snapchat is the so-called beauty filter, where it just kind of like, I don't even know what it does. It like, straightens things. I don't really know how else to explain it. But it makes, to me, it makes my face look really weird. Yeah. But I guess to everyone else, it's supposed to make me look even better. So, like I said, even better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're so vain, jeez.
0: so beautiful.
1: You turned into a valley girl for an instant.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Steph's going to love that.
1: Oh, how dare you name drop her. Hi,
0: Stephie.
1: Hey, Steph. Thanks for listening this long.
0: She's so not listening to the end.
1: She never brings the up, but that's how we know she didn't listen to the end of episode 11. Uh, no, Steph's a trooper. She is a trooper. She'll get to the end. She's very dutiful and She's patient.
0: Dutiful.
1: We appreciate She's you, Steph. She's
0: dedicated. She's an animal fan.
1: Yep. She's got one of those big foam Fingers. finger things that says, Ryan and Sam, let's go. She <laughs> waves it as she listens to the podcast.
0: She does a little cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Okay, so.
1: Fare thee well, listener. Godspeed on your travels and your travails and your tribulations.
0: Thanks again for listening to the podcast. The music used during the intro and outro was kindly provided by Christopher from com. See you next episode. See you next episode. <laughs> that sounds so unnatural. <laughs> sound like slow
1: mode. See you, you next, next episode.
0: <laughs>